welcome to Telling the Tale, the podcast where I, Mitchell Farley-Wolf, and my co-host Dustin Jackson say hi, Dustin. Mitch, it's me, Dustin, and I am dying uh, Okay. to get uh, to this it's, episode. It's, you, But I was in the middle of a sentence, so it's it's tough. <laughs> it's tough. I love the jokes. I, I love them. Keep them coming. Thank you. But the flow is, is, is weird on this one already. Uh, it's the podcast where we're playing every Telltale video game, uh, usually coming in episodes, and this episode is The Walking Dead Season 1, Episode 5, No Time Left, released on November 20th, 2012, directed by Sean Vanneman, Jake Rodkin, uh, Ainsworth it has a first name that I don't have written down, unfortunately, sorry, <laughs> Ainsworth, uh, designed by Ainsworth, Darren, Rodkin, and Vanneman, and written by Sean Vanneman. This is the finale of the first season of The Walking Dead. At the time, uh, there were no future seasons announced. Uh, so this this was momentarily the end of Telltale's take on The Walking Dead. Something that we've been praising for the last few episodes. Now, Dustin, I hear you're dying. Yeah, to talk about this episode of The Walking Dead. You see that? It's pretty good. Thanks. I've I've come around on it. Sorry, I snapped at you earlier. <laughs> That's okay. Just don't let it happen again. Yeah, I well, we'll see. <laughs> uh, hard to know where to start on this one. Um, what did you think? Did you enjoy the episode? Did you have a good time? I no, I didn't enjoy it. But <laughs> I thought it was great. I I thought I I was moved significantly uh by this episode i saw stuff in this telltale adventure game that i didn't think i would see in telltale adventure games ever like zombies Uh, (laughs) yeah (laughs) that one really (laughs) didn't see that that one one coming that one's wild um yeah just in general there's a lot of really great stuff here uh very learnable stuff for my career as a video game designer like there were so many little moments and maybe we can talk about them that i was picking up through playing this episode thinking oh i should maybe hold on to that maybe i can use something like that in the future Um, yeah this is a really special game it is i i had that thought when playing through this Maybe it's just, I mean, I always love this game, but maybe it's just coming off of all these other Telltale games. It's mm-hmm. it's insane to me that this is what followed up all of these other games we've played. Like, there's yeah. nothing like this before this in Telltale's catalog. Um, a story that, um, I don't want to say Telltale never hits emotionally, but they never hit like this. I'd say the closest they came was like, the last episode of the devil's playhouse and even that just blown away by this yeah the last episode of the devil's playhouse is sad in a you know optimus prime dies sort of sadness yeah it's sad now oh poor sam yeah you're, you're still dealing with childish silly scenarios yeah it, it, it does hit hard it's not to take anything away from it but it's I, I don't think it's trying that hard to do what it's doing in that moment. Right. Uh, although I will the say. Dead. I will yeah. say. 
playing through this whole last episode of uh, The Walking Dead Season 1, I couldn't help but think uh, there should have been a large talking cockroach in it. Yeah. Yeah, I think that should have happened. <laughs> maybe maybe then it would be Telltale's best, but uh, here we are. I'm hoping that that happens in the later seasons. <laughs> Yeah. That there's a large talking cockroach in it. Well, that Mitch, sort of... I won't spoil anything for you. Okay, so it does. <laughs> uh... <laughs> Wink. Yeah. Um, so- something else about the episode on a high level before we get started talking about the intricacies. Um, it was it was quite short. I had been warned it was short. I generally check howlongtobeat.com. Uh, before we play these episodes, just so I know how to fit it into my scheduling. Mm-hmm. Telltale episodes are generally pretty static with the amount of time they take. Yeah. Um, so that's usually pretty accurate. Versus, like, action games. How long to beat.com on action games is only liars. <laughs> <laughs> have you noticed that? Have you have you used the website enough to notice that? There's it's only liars who say they can beat Breath of the Wild and like no like full playthrough I don't know twenty five hours like hmm. no get out of here it's you, it's only liars on that website you see I don't really look into times that deep on there but I do use it to gauge like if I want to play a short game or or mm-hmm. if I have like multiple games I want to play I'll like look on howlongtobeat.com and I'll pick the shortest one to do first I'm just like all right what's the average time all right this good that's fine that works. Yeah. Um, but you're not impressing anybody, people on that site. I don't care that you beat Breath of the Wild in 25 hours. It's wild that it happens. I know the impulse. I know the impulse that it requires to be shitty and lie like that for no reason at all. <laughs> um, but it's it's like someone is just taking anonymous numbers for research sake. No one will know what you did specifically, and no one personally is even asking you. It's like an automated form, and they're saying, how long did you take for this game? And you know in your heart of hearts it took 16 <laughs> hours, and you're like, 12. Hmm, five minutes. And, like, you're lying to no one but yourself, but you're happy to do it. It's, <laughs> it, it's wild how much of a problem that is. <laughs> With so much tracking like player action tracking going on in video games you'd think that sony and microsoft would just partner with this website and they'd say we know the actual answer to this it's how long to be like we have the exact average and uh we we will not give it to you we'll let you try to futz it out on your own (laughs) anyway it's not like uh games done quick or anything where you're watching someone do it Mm mm-hmm um the last two episodes of the show on howlongtobeat.com were listed as just under three hours, which I interpreted to mean just over three hours, which is about correct. Mm-hmm. Um, and this episode was about an hour and a half, and it was pretty on the money. Yeah. That's, that's around half a normal episode. That's a lot shorter. Do you think that's better or worse? I don't think it is better or worse. I just think it's a lot shorter. So. Mm-hmm. For our, I I have to sort of pinch myself sometimes to like take myself out of the mindset of, well, the way you play a Telltale game is you're given a new one every week. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And remind myself that the way this game actually came out and the way that every 
sane regular person played it is it's either you binge the entire game like after all the episodes released or one per month so if i were if i were playing this game one per month and i were waiting for like a big epic finale uh, i don't know it's possible that i would have thought its short length was a detriment. a detriment but it did so well in spite of that that i don't know if i would have thought that i i'm having a hard time imagining myself as that sort of player yeah because um, this episode's jam-packed it's like stuff happening from beginning to end so i i don't yeah. i don't know what you could possibly add to this episode to boost its length it's 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 as long as it needs to be right so if we were to describe the the heart of each episode so far Episode one is about the outbreak itself and becoming accustomed to that lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Episode two is you're there at the motor inn and you're just staying there at the motor inn. But then you you have like a side story. Uh, it, it's a dairy guidon. They should have called episode two dairy guidon. I agree. Uh, <laughs> That's what I've been thinking for years. <laughs> uh, episode three is the road trip. Uh, involving uh, trains and automobiles. I wish there were planes. Yeah, wouldn't that be just Then you could say that about it. (laughs) Hey, well, there was a helicopter at the beginning. That's not the same, but, you know, if you want to stretch the meaning. Uh, I do. Awesome. Uh, Yeah, true. It is. And then episode four is the Savannah episode, where you're introduced to things that kind of feel like they might have had the opportunity to go longer and maybe in other versions of this episode uh episode five i mean there's versions where episode four stuff does seek into seep into it but uh nothing that i've seen from episode four really mattered that much in episode five uh well five is also the savannah episode but its thing its big thing is that it's so modular and you can tell as you play it that it can really go a lot of different kinds of ways that every person playing it, because of the accumulated effects of all the choices they've made throughout their playthrough, uh, is going to have, at least in some part of episode five, a very different situation happen. Right. That's its thing. Uh, sorry, I cut you off. I'm sorry. What, what were you going to say? I don't remember. It's okay. <laughs> I, uh, I already don't remember. It's past. It's gone. It's never c- coming back. Dustin, I got to apologize for my podcast episode ed- etiquette on this episode. I don't think I'm doing too well at it. That's okay. We all, we, uh, this episode really puts a lot of thoughts and emotions in your head. Uh, I get it. I understand. I am a little frazzled. I, I only finished playing the, uh, the game about two hours ago. I only just uh, finished it like, 10 15 minutes ago oh wow okay <laughs> uh i imagine that like the fifth or sixth time you're seeing this ending it, it has sort of um i i bet you still feel the emotions but they are they're a little dampened because you know what's going to happen here's the um, thing mitch mm-hmm. my feelings on this ending are a little dampened but it's not because of that and we'll get okay to it. we'll, okay, we'll yeah. get to it but there's Boy, there's something very disappointing about this playthrough of The Walking Dead Season 1. Interesting. I'd love to get into that. Uh, yeah, we will at the end. Don't worry. Sounds good. The 
cool thing about this episode is that your party, the people that you've hung around with, up to this point have just sort of been determined by your circumstance. You know, truck Chuck's on the train, so you have Chuck now. Yeah. Um, Ben's in the woods, so you have Ben now. But in this episode, it really is your choices that force who accompanies Lee on his quest to rescue Clementine from the mysterious man on the radio. Uh, it can be, we talked about it last episode, it can be Kenny, Omid, Krista, and or Ben. Uh, yeah. So between just you alone and all five of you and a lot of different combinations of some of those people and not others. Um, and this isn't particularly interesting for a, a podcast where we talk about our experiences, but we did have the same party going into the actions of this episode. Yeah, the only difference was I had Ben stay at the house and guard the boat while you had Ben drop to his death and die. Yeah. Um. <laughs> uh, so before we started uh, uh, recording, you said that you had some ideas for how you want the structure of this episode to go, um, or, or at least to keep it a little more structured. What did you have in mind? What should we talk about first? I think it would just be best to go scene by scene like we uh, did in some other episodes, because there's going to c- come a point where it's just going to vary wildly between the two of us. Something totally different happens. And I might be overselling it. For the most part, our episodes are the same. But there's okay. one thing in particular where it's totally different. And like, um, and that, yeah. that's only the one that you know for sure. I bet there's yeah. other things yeah, there that probably we don't is. know. Um, so the first thing, the, uh, the, the last episode ended on a cliffhanger where you're getting a call from the guy on the radio and you're in the, uh, the hospital basement where Vernon's people used to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're picking up on that phone call and the guy on the radio basically says, Hey, this isn't a kidnapping. It's a rescue. Yeah. Uh, so, you know. Either find me or don't. I'll take care of Clementine now. And of course, Lee's not going to have any of that. Or at least the way I play Lee, that's just an, a completely unacceptable thing. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Um, but then Lee faints. Oops. And he wakes up with Kenny <laughs> about to take a saw to his arm. Uh, because remember, he was bitten. Yeah. Lee gets bitten in the end of episode four. And, uh, boy, now everyone has to deal with it. Mm-hmm. I would love to see what happens if Lee doesn't tell the group that he was bitten. Yeah, I was thinking about that, too. Like, I I never do faints. that. Yeah. I, and, like, does he just find the saw and decide to do it himself if he wants? I guess that would be the case. Oh, my gosh, that's wild. Uh, <laughs> and then they ask him, hey, why? And then he's like... I, I just felt like it. I don't know. You know, I, I just felt like that other <laughs> don't arm Don't look was at the arm, by the way. Don't <laughs> look, look at, at me. The arm look at me in the eye. <laughs> mm-hmm. There's definitely no bite marks on it. But I just <laughs> cut it off because I don't know. It was like itchy. Yeah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> they they have no reason to know why you would cut your arm off. I, I would have to assume by that point, Lee just automatically comes clean. But that would be so good if he was like, yeah, you know, uh, just wanted a different look. <laughs> it's feeling heavy i need to lose 30 pounds really fast <laughs> 30 
30 pounds. I don't know how much an arm weighs. That seems high. That's but, uh, high for an arm, but Lee is very muscular, but that <laughs> still seems like a lot. At one point uh, later in this episode, uh, Lee tells Omid that he is about 50 pounds heavier than Omid, which seemed excessive. I didn't believe that, but sure. Why not? Well, Lee is this big buff guy, and Omid is... You know, I don't want to say he's tiny, but he's probably the scrawniest one of your group. You know, Lee's he's not, he's certainly not, like, skinny or scrawny, but they've shown more buff guys than Lee frequently throughout this game. Yeah, um, but he's also they, taller, he's taller and buffer, and I think that's a combo, I think, with those combined, that kind of evens out. I don't know, I don't, I mean, he compared to Omid, he is, yeah. but I don't know if he's, like, that tall of a guy in general. He's shorter than Kenny. He's shorter than he's about Lily's height. Um, he 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 was shorter than than some other people. I I was like, he was shorter than the Saint Johns, I think, and that's where when I noticed like, oh, Lee's not like the biggest guy. Mm-hmm. Um, but also that sometimes just happens with protagonists in video games for some reason, <laughs> like uh, Banjo Kazooie. Yeah, where Banjo's everyone's a big one. just giant compared to you. Yeah, and um. All the fan art of Banjo makes Banjo kind of like a bigger bigger bear, but I just like the idea of like, hey, look at this stupid little bear <laughs> going around. <laughs> yeah, um, Banjo always struck me as like heavier, but he's smaller than like every other character. He's like half the size of Humble Wumba. Yeah. This is getting a little off topic, but I'll never... Yeah, it's not I'll, not really about The Walking Dead anymore. Huh? I'll, I'll never turn down the... Op- Let's just do a Banjo podcast. Fuck this. Fuck this. <laughs> we, we for some reason, don't like this episode. We don't want to talk about it. Um, no, let's get back to it. I uh, Honestly, there is part of me that kind of just doesn't want to talk about it. And it's not because I don't like it. That has been the past in, in certain other podcasts. I've always powered through for you, the listener. But I've... Uh, and this one is just... I don't know. It feels kind of personal. Um, to Like, your choices are very naked here and uh, <laughs> that's true yeah i i don't know it, it just it's a little it feels a little uncomfortable for me to talk about it honestly um mitch we don't have to talk about anything you don't want no that's not true that's <laughs> we got to talk about all the episode um so <laughs> you you wake up and you realize hey the idea of cutting your arm off kind of a real idea um, but you can still say no yeah, you can still tell him, no, 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 I like having this arm. So what, what did, did you, you do? I always chop the arm off. I I had Krista cut the arm off. Yeah. I think it's so funny, the scene leading up to it. Because, so Lee says, uh, fuck it, chop it off. And then it just shows Kenny and Krista both looking at the saw, just <laughs> silent. Yeah. Kenny says, it was a lot easier when uh, I thought he was out. He's <laughs> just like, yeah. well, you do it. And Krista finally steps up. So Krista does it, and I, I wondered, like, are they really going to do it? Or are, if I do it, am I going to, are there going to be immediate consequences? And there kind of aren't. You just do it, and then your character doesn't have an arm anymore, and that's just how it is. That's just the way things are. Um, It's his non-dominant arm, they say, so you can still <laughs> do a lot of stuff, like carry things and grab onto things and climb a ladder. Um, yeah, Lee says, uh, that was my least favorite hand anyway. Mm-hmm. 
Well, that's one of the options. Yeah. Uh, the other was, it actually hurts pretty bad. <laughs> <laughs> I, I guess that is a more understandable response. Yeah, I don't. I think I picked the. Uh, it was my least favorite arm anyway, because you know, good jokes. Yeah, and then but... he immediately follows up with my favorite thing. He says, "But seriously, <laughs> that that did feel sort of destiny." <laughs> but seriously, folks, let's it, get back on track. It's even funnier because no one laughs at it. <laughs> <laughs> but let's get serious. Um. So, the idea behind cutting off the arm is that you spread the virus through your body slower, or at least get rid of enough of it that maybe it doesn't take effect. No one is quite sure, like, in the group, whether or not it fully worked when you did it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and spoiler alert, I assume that you've played through this episode and are, are not weirdly playing through the episode as listening to the podcast. That's strange. <laughs> Um, or, or you've decided not to play through the episode also valid but um, it doesn't work yeah it's, it's, it's... It, it might slow it Um, I really wonder what happens if you just go through this episode with two arms I don't know I have no idea yeah because they, they say it slows it down but I would have to assume for the sake of pacing of the episode it just Mm -hmm. that wouldn't be a factor yeah i think it's just sort of like a last more than giving you the opportunity to actually slow down the infection i like it as an opportunity to just have lee be able to say he tried something yeah exactly i totally agree um they they did something to, to try to stop it just to have a character who's not in denial about it because every single character who's about to change in the history of the show or game has either completely been in denial about it or had someone else in denial about it like Kenny was with Duck mm-hmm. or became immediately suicidal like Katya or uh, became immediately like angry and shifty and tried to hide it Um I'm sure if there's someone who did that, I'm, it's not coming to mind right now. Um, mm-hmm. But the idea that, like, hey, you know what? I've been trying to play Lee as a more mature answer to this scenario. I should just be like, you know, I'm going to try my best and we'll see. It, right. And I'm glad that they gave me an option to do that. Agreed. Agreed. And, and even if, uh, even if gameplay-wise it doesn't actually slow it down like narratively it could like you could still be like oh well lee probably would have died sooner if i didn't do this even if that's not really the case Mm -hmm. um you know what something i noticed that arm that lee left back there has a pretty good watch on it still yeah but like where are you gonna put it that he has another (laughs) if you keep it (laughs) uh (laughs) Oh, but can you imagine your watch being on your other arm? Gross. Ew, you're right. Forget I even brought it up. In my version of the end of the game, and we've talked about how this is different from you and I, uh, me and 68% of players removed the arm. So um, an overwhelming majority removed the arm. 
I think that's how it was for me to... It, it was 62% of players removed the arm. But yeah, basically. Pretty close. Okay. Yeah. Um. Right. So you're like climbing up the ladder of this hospital now. You're trying to get to the roof because there are creepy crawlers outside <laughs> everywhere. Come on, Mitch. Don't you start. Yeah, there's 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 shifters all around the hospital. <laughs> there's great googly mooglies out there. <laughs> yeah, there's there's some real sprinklers going on outside. That's, okay. Yeah, they're getting worse, <laughs> but uh, that's pretty. You, that's you, a just, pretty good you can't one. just walk out. Is is the point? Yeah. So you're on the roof. Thankfully, no one is else on the roof. There, there's there's no. Uh, zombies there <laughs> there is a and this is a good like moment that they give you just to talk to each character see where they're at because you, you're a little more you're allotted a little more time in this scenario yeah i like um, this a lot i that i never like stopped to take that in on my past playthroughs but i do appreciate that uh you know this episode hits the ground running you know you're in a not great situation so it is nice to be able to be up here on the roof and kind of talk to all of these other people in your group, see where their heads are at. I especially like the Kenny conversation you yeah. can have here. I have it written down in my notes, specifically Kenny. Yeah. Um, he He's talking about how he's just really beat up about losing his family, obviously. You know, mm -hmm. who wouldn't be? Um, but he keeps talking about it, and then you realize... Oh, he's talking about Lee now. He's mm -hmm. he's talking about he's beat up about losing his family, Colin Lee. Yeah. Um and and I think that has some weight to it because Kenny throughout the the game has always been like your your friendliest asset that you've had. He is smart, he is strong, he can do a lot of the th stuff. Um but he has had this very opinionated base to him that doesn't quite let him and Lee exchange honest friendship with each other yeah and this moment right here on the the roof of the hospital is really good for that agreed um yeah but there's a bell tower next to the hospital and <laughs> you know what those do they yeah. track all of the scrunkers from all over town to the the base of the bell tower so they're going to try that in order to maybe thin out other areas of the town so they can go through there on foot. And they I, do. Yeah, they do. Good for them. It uh, Watching my roommate play this part, uh, so you know the part where you have to jump back to the building after yeah. you ring the bell. Uh, he failed this so many times. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Not to sell him out, but I'm kind of selling him out. <laughs> So um, Andrew failed at it multiple times. And then at when my other roommate Adam did it, he just does it on the first try. Yeah, I did it on the first try. Sorry, Same. Andrew. <laughs> yeah, sorry. I, I these segments are hard. Um well, yeah, it it <laughs> probably isn't Andrew's fault. We've talked before about especially on Jurassic Park how the um the quick time events are just not completely locked in on a design level, the way that they're going to be in future Telltale games. Yeah. Uh, they get better at this. Yeah. But for I, now, it, yeah, th they can be rough sometimes. Yeah, I wouldn't say these quick time sections are why I love this game so much. 
Yeah, I really wonder what it is. I wonder if it's... They're better than they are in Jurassic Park. I want to give it (laughs) that much credit, but it can be wonky from time to time. Um, yeah, I mean, this game is just a better game than Jurassic Park, but the, the thing with the quick time events, I wonder if there's some aspect of cold feet on the part of the game directors looking at this game and just saying like, is, is it really okay if it's just a game about choices, um, and trying to incorporate some action elements, some set piece elements? Mm-hmm. I, I think it's fine just because like, I, I don't know, it kind of helps mix things up a little, have some action in it, like shooting zombies, uh, things like this, jumping across the way, even if they're not done like uh, perfectly elegantly, I don't, I don't think they like hurt the experience at all. Yeah, I think they're, I don't think they're detrimental, but I also don't think they're adding anything and yeah. the game could be could be leaner and maybe stronger for it but um yeah i mean like i didn't hate it i'm sure andrew did <laughs> yeah he made that very clear that was not his favorite part <laughs> i can imagine i <laughs> for, for those of you listening that don't know our our friends uh adam and andrew i can really imagine andrew just like not being happy at all <laughs> <laughs> i was surprised he he liked this game a lot and uh I guess I don't know why, but it just never struck me as either of their kind of game. I guess I don't know why I thought that. It just, you know, never occurred to me that they would like it so much. And I'm glad they did. Yeah, it's it's a good game. It's it's just a, a good one of those. But I also just don't think it's um, the kind of thing either of those people would go in for very often. Mm-hmm. Um, but but yeah, it, it, it makes sense. Um, after you do the hospital bell tower jump thing. You go back to the mansion you were in last episode. And you find that the boat that you had in the in, in the thing, Vernon took it. Yeah. <laughs> so because you didn't have Ben there, um, how did this go down? Did they just see it wasn't in the boathouse and they're just like, ah, shit. Well, damn it. Um, well, Kenny had been talking like, hey, let's get the boat. Uh, you know, it, it's time. We'll, we'll find Clementine, but like, we really got to get this boat in the water and get get it ready to go. Mm-hmm. Um, so they open the door and it's just, it's simply not there. And then Omid finds a note from Vernon. Did this happen with you? No. Omid finds a note from Vernon saying, hi, me and the other cancer survivors... And we feel really bad about this. <laughs> Did take the boat. Sorry. We were gonna... That's why I was asking about Clementine, because we were gonna even offer, you know, Clementine could come. Um, but yeah, we need the boat. And, and uh, sorry. <laughs> sorry about that. Uh, and then you're given the option to say, oh, fuck them. Or be like, well, they did have cancer. <laughs> <laughs> Guess Which I felt like a, a weird, like everyone here is dying. It, yeah. It, <laughs> don't bring that into it now. Like they just took your boat. <laughs> yeah. Think about all the people who died recently that don't have cancer. Yeah. It seems like the cancer people are surviving the longest. So like, yeah. maybe it's good. Like don't even. <laughs> <laughs> but that's so funny that that's how it went down. Do you want to know how it went down for me? Definitely. So as you know, I left Ben to guard the boat. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and this is why is because I think this scene is so funny, but it also leads to one of my favorite scenes in the episode. Um so you come back to the to the house and you hear rumbling around inside the uh, shed. You and you hear Ben being like, hey, "Come on, let me out." Good <laughs> jeez. <laughs> you open the door and then you just see Ben standing there with no boat. <laughs> he looks he looks so defeated and he says don't get mad the boat's gone i can imagine that being really funny yeah that's that's good boy your ben voice that it does not sound anything like ben is very accurate somehow i'm not sure it's not how ben talks yeah it's not doing his voice but it is exactly the energy he had come on Let me out, jeez. I'm just Ben. <laughs> Zoinks. Um, <laughs> he's got some shaggy to him. He's 100% shaggy. and But Kenny doesn't think this scene is very funny. He uh, starts flipping out on Ben. And Ben starts getting irritated at it, too. Ben's like, Kenny, come on, lay off. And uh, Kenny... Uh, he, you know, he kind of quiets up a little and he says, Lee should have dropped you back in Crawford. And Ben loses it. He flips. He f- he yells, fuck you, Kenny. And Kenny's like, whoa, shit. And, uh... Ben- <laughs> yeah, I just told you to die. Like, wh- why are you getting mad? <laughs> I didn't see that coming. Jeez, Ben, it was just a joke. <laughs> but, um, Ben really lets Kenny have it. He's, uh... And, you know, everyone lets him just go off. He's telling Kenny, uh, look, I'm sorry about what happened to your family, but I don't even know what happened to my family. I didn't get to say goodbye to them. They could be dead or they could be alive or walkers or whatever. And he says, so give me a fucking break. And so Kenny's kind of like, oh, uh, gee, I, I guess I never thought of it like that. <laughs> I guess I've never thought to ask you a question about anything ever. <laughs> I guess when it comes right down to it, I didn't necessarily care how you were doing. Maybe we're the Walking Dead. Oh, maybe we're the Wolf Among Us. <laughs> um. So I think that scene is great because Ben has been a joke up until now, and <laughs> boy, after last episode, he just fucks up everything he does, and then this episode, he gets overpowered by cancer survivors they take the boat (laughs) then you just see him in there slouched over (laughs) with no boat in there but then he he (laughs) finally stands up for himself against kenny it's very uh it's both very funny and very satisfying seeing him like actually grow a backbone so when you were describing this just now i was thinking in my head like oh shit does kenny kill ben uh, in this situation (laughs) Because I can see it happening after how mad Kenny gets at Ben for seemingly, in my opinion, we talked about our difference of opinion on this, Mm -hmm. very unfair reasons um, to me. So you you thought Kenny would have just straight up murdered Ben like Lily killed Carly here? It seemed, well, not like that, because Lily killing Carly seemed a lot more stress-based. Like, Lily felt like she was put into a corner. I think, mm-hmm. and just had to let it go. And we know that she has some uh, supposedly genetic anger management issues. Right. Where she's not in charge of a lot of her own impulses. 
Mm-hmm. Kenny, I think, would have been a, a cold-hearted. I've thought this through. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is the way. I'm this sure is going I'm making now. the right decision. Ben dies now, <laughs> and everyone in the group would have been like, "All right, I get it." Oh, man, yeah, I'm not going to stop being friends with Kenny over this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, but uh, you know, Kenny and Ben have a little moment, and it's great. Uh, and then they move on. They go into the house. They go back into the mansion to get out of uh, view of these walkers. Omid's just like, hey, maybe we should get the fuck out of here first. Yeah, yeah. Um, so a bunch of walkers. You, you Then you go inside the mansion. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is where you spend a lot of episode four. I don't like being in this mansion. I think that... Um, Limiting my exploration outside is something that I'm realizing I just don't like in adventure games that much at all. You don't like unless being inside. it's. I don't like it when they put me in interiors because generally it means that I'm outside of the larger puzzle space. Um, okay. I mean, if it's if it's a game like Maniac Mansion where like the house is the thing, well, that's fine. I'm not like in a place. I'm, that's the house just is the space. Mm-hmm. But I'm I'm thinking about being in the sewers in the last episode and how much I didn't like that. Um, I feel that. I think it's, yeah. I think it's specifically something I can see not liking in a game like this over a game like Sam and Max, where like, you know, you go inside a bunch of places in Sam and Max, but like puzzles and solutions are still in. You can just freely leave like here in a story like this, the par- this part of the story is you are inside. This is where things are right yeah. now. But in Sam and Max, you can just go from building to building and you're like, oh, here's a boxing glove. Oh, here's a bowling ball. These will come in handy for puzzles elsewhere. Um, yeah. And uh, Sam and Max has done it in the ways I don't like it, where they like lock you in a one or two room environment for mm-hmm. a bit. Yeah. And I, I just don't enjoy that. But um, I, I think we're getting at a really weird point of our journey through Telltale's games. Where I'm not sure if that's even a legit criticism anymore. I like I'm just we're, we're we've done so many of these that I can't exactly tell if the things I like and don't like are even real. I, yeah, like do I, is dislike being in interiors a real anything? Like, I, is, I, I, is I guess anyone going to relate to me on that? <laughs> I guess not for a game like this because that's that's just where the story is right now. Like the puzzle yeah. is this. This yeah. is what's happening in the game. There's, it would be the exact same outside as it is here inside. I guess that's true, but I I also know that like, so I, it didn't feel that bad when I'm stuck on the roof of the hospital because mm-hmm. I know that the goal of the game right now is to get off the hospital so I can find Clementine, and the goal of the player is always going to subconsciously or consciously be get to the end of the thing I have to do, right? Yeah. So if the the player goals of I should find Clementine and the character goals of I should find Clementine both involve getting off of the hospital roof. So like we're aligned. And in this moment in the mansion, the player's still thinking, well, I got to get out of here eventually and find Clementine. But mm-hmm. the characters are now thinking, well, I should hold up. I should hold up now um, in, this, I... in this mansion. And it feels a little bit like a disparity of in-universe and out-universe goals. Kinda. I mean, the way I see it is they're inside to get out of the street from the walkers and they're gonna talk about what they need to do. Like, right. they 
they don't even like right after this, you kind of start getting swarmed by walkers. But, you know, the goal wasn't to come in here and just stay here. They were I, I would assume that the reason they came in was to be like, all right, so now we're safe from these walkers. What the hell do we do about Clementine? Where should we look? Et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, there is something that I wish I knew. Maybe you'll be able to tell me. What happens if you leave the kid in the attic alive? Last episode. Because oh. the walkers on the street flood into the mansion and they force uh, whoever's left uh, up into the attic. Mm-hmm. Because that's like the one place in the mansion that the walkers are too stupid to access. Yeah, do you mean like uh, what would like Omid and Krista, how would they react seeing this? Yeah, would, you, would they see your pet zombie or would that have been taken care <laughs> of later in the last episode i'm not sure because i always kill it i i guess i don't know what would happen yeah that's that's one for the books uh this walker kid isn't a threat so maybe they just kind of let him crawl around <laughs> yeah just sort of <laughs> they, they bring him with trailing them. its gross walker juice they make him part of the group and bring him along yeah We've named him Chuckzo, and Chuckzo is now part of the group, and he's sort of a mascot kind of figure. <laughs> and if you don't uh, like it, you can just fuck off. If you don't Shut like up. it, you can kill him in an instant, and it won't matter that. It won't be that different. None of us will that be that angry with you. Yeah, we just thought, oh, that's like a beautiful dead kid. We should probably keep it. <laughs> Why didn't they put him on, on cans of rice or whatever? <laughs> should be on the box art. Um... <laughs> Yeah, so I don't know what happens there because I also killed the kid. Mm-hmm. So for me, the entire gang is Ben still with you at this point. You'll have to let me know yes. w- when something happens to Ben. Oh, I'll let you know. All right, because uh, I won't know. Not only is Ben still with you, but in that scene with the uh, the walkers. Oh, so does Lee drop his gun down? Yeah. There. What? How does does he get it back, or does he leave it? He leaves it. He doesn't get it back. So if you have Ben, he gets your gun for you. He says... Oh, nice. He says, you dropped this down there. I'm not really good with these things. Uh, Ben, you should try. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, yeah, give me mine, but you should have yours. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think he does have his, but I think he does have one in that scene if he's there. Because, you know, the whole group is shooting at these walkers who are moving in. But, yeah, you drop your gun and Ben scoops it up before he goes up into the attic. And he's like, here. Yeah, I'm not aware of when I would use the gun later if I had it. Yeah, me neither. Um, Because you get a gun later that isn't yours. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and we'll get to that. But Oh, we also see point... Bree. One of the walkers is Bree. Who yeah, comes to the house. Sort she of crawled a ceremonious appearance. Yeah, she just. I I think it's neat. She just shows up. She's just part of the Walker crowd, and then you take her out. Yeah, I I put my cursor on Bree. It said kill Bree, and I was like, oh, it's Bree. And like by the time I even registered that, I had clicked the trigger. <laughs> Ooh, whoops. <laughs> so I it didn't feel like much of a choice or anything to me. It's like, oh yeah, well, okay. Oh yeah, uh, I, I mean know, you're I supposed know all the to Bree lore it. now. Yeah. <laughs> she was alive, she died, and then she died again. Yeah. 
I, 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 am, I have not allowed myself to feel any emotions about Brie. <laughs> I bet you're glad now. Think of all the Brie fans out there who were devastated. Yeah, I'm a lot like Vernon in the last episode, who, after you return to the house, explains to uh, Lee, when Lee says, hey, I'm so sorry about your loss with Brie, Vernon says, you know what, the, the worst part about it is I feel like I should feel devastation, and I just don't. I was broken up when my family died. I was broken up when they took all my friends. But now I'm just, I'm, I'm not feeling anything. And I'm like, yeah, no, me too. I get that. I don't care about Brie at all. Yeah, <laughs> specifically Brie. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, if it was anyone else, I would be devastated. But Brie, eh. Yeah, <laughs> no, mean. Not, not feeling any emotions. <laughs> if they so, made the emoji movie based on my emojis about this moment... There would be no characters. You'd be the meh emoji. I'd be the meh emoji at best. Voiced by uh, Stephen Wright. Is that true? Yes, that's very true. I I should I was about to say I should see that movie. I should never <laughs> see that movie. Yeah, that's the right one. <laughs> um. So they they find out. Or wait, okay. Am I skipping something? What happens next? They go up in the attic and they. Uh, find out they can break through the wall to get to oh, the mansion okay, right, right, right. next door. Before that, though, <gasps> you and Kenny have an argument. Oh, that's right. That's right. Um, You just get yourself holed up in the attic, and everyone takes, like, one breath. And then Kenny's like, we should talk about what happens if Lee turns. And I wrote in my notes, Kenny is the master of wrong time conversations. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. I guess Kenny, there's never you can't just wait a second. Like I've been fine <laughs> all day. <laughs> I guess there's never a right time to talk about this stuff. Sure, but you can at least be like, okay, <sighs> is everyone fine? Okay, I see a couch there. Let's sit down. I think maybe we should have a difficult but frank conversation. Kenny's just like, well, I see you're barely closing the door on the attic here. Let's make this really tense right now. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's our Kenny. That's the Kenny we know and love. Yeah, I get why you need to do that for the like audience emotional reaction thing, but it it just it's somewhat unbelievable that a person could be this antagonistic to your time. <laughs> yeah, just hates the fact that you need any time. You have it. You seem fine in the attic. Like you, you can be there pretty much as long as you need to be. Um until you know the thing that kenny is worried about happens uh you turning into a walker in Mm -hmm. the middle of the attic because as you've addressed lee is the most built out of everyone here um yeah he could probably take them on in a one-on-one walker fueled altercation he's no larry but you know yeah um but the uh so during Did you lose fight, your temper? Did you lose your temper with Kenny in this scene? So I saw that that was a choice, and I it seems didn't like a exactly weird choice. know what it meant Yeah, so a choice. It's that part with the statue. You can uh-huh. either grab it and chuck it at the wall, or Kenny will do it. Like, you can just wait? Yeah, if you wait. I'm guessing you did it, then. No, I did it. Okay, um, yeah, I didn't, but that's only because I knew. It doesn't make yeah. any difference. <laughs> I think every episode has one of these for me where it's like, I don't think this choice works 
the way it's designed to work. Yeah, um, there there's no difference in who who does it. It it well, it's not just about the effect on like the story or whatever. It's mm-hmm. also like you're trying to guess if I am being made aggravated by Kenny. I yeah. am, but also I don't think I would do this even if I was aggravated by Kenny. So the fact that like I'm just given the situation where there's no like. There's no no option. I'm just looking at the statue until something happens or doesn't. Um, it's like, well, I guess I have to do this. So it doesn't feel like a choice for me because if I really was actually making the choice, I would have not thrown the statue. I get it. Um, I get it. And, and it does kind of prompt you. It just shows the statue and shows your yeah. reticle. So it kind of tricks you into thinking this is what you're supposed to do. The reticle's flashing red like you're running out of time. Do it. Do it. <laughs> Yeah, like, Kenny's gonna shoot you unless you do something. <laughs> uh, and then you'll have to actually restart it like a like a regular player death. Uh-huh. Um, so, yeah. Uh, this is this is my moment of the episode that I'm gonna complain a little bit about with the choices. I think they're trying so many things with how they're presenting these choices that I really like. The, the mm-hmm. fact that some of them don't land so well um, doesn't particularly upset me. Agreed. You know, I didn't think uh, this episode would have been so much better without that weird statue part. But I get it. I I agree. I 100% agree with you. It reminds me a lot of the choice in episode three where you can choose to save Omid or Krista first. Um, mm-hmm. And if I knew that was a choice, I would definitely have saved Omid first. First of all, he wasn't mean to me. Second of <laughs> all, he's got a bad leg now. And I, I know that. Yeah. But like they put Krista right in front of you and they don't make it look like an either or situation. So I did Krista first. And yeah, like, they, should I got... have, they should have done it the way they did Carly and Doug, where he, yeah. it like shows it from Lee's perspective and it shows both of them and lets you know you can look between the two. Yeah, it centers the reticle like by default in the middle of the two mm-hmm. uh, rather than just on one. But in the, the Krista Oromi train choice, it was just on Krista and like, okay, I think this is the thing to do. So I just I just do it. I think I'm being timed. Right. Um, and yeah, there, there's just, there's about one of those in every episode of this game. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really hope that they get better at that as they go on. Um, because it, it's, it's frustrating being given a choice. like, well, that actually wasn't my choice. That wasn't what I intended to do. Um, yeah. There was one of those as early as I think episode one and Maybe episode one didn't have one, actually, now that I think about it. Episode two for sure did, though. Um, and I, I, I yeah, it, it's just, for a game about choices, that is the only real, like, major technical detriment I'd say this game has. Did um, we ever talk about how Andy St. John looked like Alec Baldwin? No. Okay. We well, did now. Yeah, so let's move on. Um... Did he? I thought he looked kind of Alec Baldwin-y. Not like identical, but kind of. I got vibes. <laughs> I said that cool. looks like the guy from the Cat in the Hat. Is Andy the one that went with you to Jolene's camp? No, that's Danny. Andy's the other one. Oh, I can't picture his face then. I, that's I'll, okay. I'll just assume Alec Baldwin. Yeah, from the Cat in the Hat. <laughs> yeah, Thirty Rock, <laughs> Cat in the Hat, those two things, and none others. 
So you throw the statue at the wall, or Kenny does, and it breaks through the wall and you realize that it's back-to-back with the neighboring house. You can break your way through this wall and that's your way out. Yeah, Lee straight up says, uh, this wall ain't shit. He does say that. I like that. Uh, this wall's not even putting up a fight. <laughs> Come on, wall. Come on, wall. Make this a little difficult. Just give it all away for free, wall. <laughs> uh, so you go... You, you, uh, the other three that aren't Lee, because Lee only has one arm and is also, you know, you don't want to exhaust him too much because there's risks there. Um, they all take turns busting through the wall. And Lee has this opportunity to now just spend the time um, talking with the other three two at a time. And it's nice. It's a really nice moment. Just yeah. to, um, like, air some stuff out, air some grievances out. Yeah, not um, ju- not just a time to take it easy and breathe a little, but you get to actually have conversations with these guys. Like a group yeah. conversation. Like when one's breaking down the wall, there's at least three others all discussing. Ben's just kind of off to the side, kind of uh, sitting by himself. But, uh, <laughs> Is he? <laughs> yeah, he doesn't participate in these conversations. Oh, that's a bummer. <laughs> you talk about him. You talk about Ben. You- but he's just. He, he, I'm sure he can so. hear you. The attic's not that big. Yeah. So <laughs> you, you doesn't have Ben to... fucking suck? <laughs> Man, that Ben, huh? I really should have let let him die in Crawford. Ben's just petting the the zombie kid that they <laughs> left up there in the other universe where that happened. <laughs> Ben's just like, all right, well. Yeah, I'll be yeah. friends with this guy. This guy's way less mean to me. This guy doesn't say. This guy hasn't said a word I disagree with yet. <laughs> yeah, I also think. <laughs> um, in it in this moment, um, I had the option to tell Omid and Krista, "Hey, you two should probably take Clementine." Mm-hmm. And that was hard for me to choose. In fact, I I at first said something that sort of led away from that, saying like, "Hey, you should just make sure Clementine's okay." And Mm -hmm. they're like, what do you mean? And then I was like, if I die, you should take Clementine. (laughs) Yeah, either way, you got to tell him. Yeah, you you, you have to. Um, Did did you choose that? Yeah, I always tell him to take care of Clementine. They're, They're the perfect people for it, if it's not you. Yeah. Kenny, not so much. Yeah, Kenny's not an option. Yeah, Kenny's proven he's not fit to take care of a kid. Ben's proven he's not ready to take care of anything. Yeah, if Ben's in the conversation, it's not Ben. Yeah, you left Clementine there to watch Ben in the last episode. <laughs> um, So you break through, and then you break through into the bedroom of the neighboring house. And there's two, there's a couple on the bed in their bedroom, and they had shot themselves in the head in order to prevent the... Uh, the virus from getting them. Mitch, and it's this a pretty sad moment. Yeah, this part really fucked me up this time. I feel like in the in the past it doesn't really affect me. I'm just like, oh, I remember this part. Oh, it's time for this part. But this time, I don't know. I was just like, oh, that's not cool. That's not great. Yeah. Um. The specific thing it's drawing to mind for me is that scene in Titanic, where the boat is sinking. And there's an old man and an old woman, and they're, they're just sort of hugging each other in bed. And they're like, I know we're not getting out of this. Mm-hmm. Um, let's just 
be here and and be with each other and wait it out. Uh, and it's it's a very logical thing. And um, I chose to have Lee just be silent for this. Like I can't even. I don't know what I would say about this. Mm-hmm. Um, at one point, Omid says, "Think of how much pain they prevented." Uh, which I I really like. I sort of expected the episode because you know, like most art in the most like pop culture stuff it's never going to glorify suicide it's never going to go out of its way to say like oh that was a good idea Mm -hmm. but this this episode i think was sort of brave enough to look at this and go like well in their particular instance like yeah of course they they did a pretty all right job of getting themselves out of a situation yeah yeah Although, um, I, I do like that Kenny, right after that, Kenny kind of goes the opposite of that. He's saying, uh, he, he's talking about how uh, they shouldn't have done it. So it's kind of neat that uh, you have two characters with two different uh, perspectives. Yeah, Kenny's an interesting character because for all of his negativity, for all of his grumbling and, and sort of footsing with everyone else in the party, uh, the core of what he is is optimistic. Mm-hmm. Although in the last couple episodes that optimism's challenged, they really kind of frame it as like Kenny could probably off himself at multiple points. Because like at the end of episode three, he shows Omid the train controls, uh, and he says, "In case something happens to me, you should you should know this." Mm-hmm. Um, you know, obviously that's could just be look we don't it's uncertain what's going to happen but to me it kind of read like kenny saying i i don't know if i can keep going on so if this happens you're going to need someone to drive this train and then in episode four you have the part with uh the attic which doesn't you know it doesn't end with kenny committing suicide but it kind of felt like for a little bit for at least a couple seconds when ben's like hey, uh, something's up with Kenny. You should go up in the attic. It kind of is like, oh, shit, did Kenny do something not great? And obviously he didn't. Obviously there would not have been enough time to do something like that. But it does kind of... I think that's kind of the thought they're trying to provoke. Uh, So it kind of feels like they're saying Kenny could commit suicide if he, if he wanted to, and he probably does want to. And then in this episode, he's like, no, that's lame. That's icky. I don't want to do that. <laughs> Well, that's interesting because you could, I think, read that as a character trait of his less favorably and say, like, oh, the only reason he didn't is because he was too scared and, like, grossed out by the idea. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Which I I don't think I choose to believe is why. Because even through his being challenged with everything, with his family passing away and his, uh, having to look at Ben still, uh, <laughs> yeah, life's he, hard. He's definitely way more depressed, but his plan of action is still always entirely based on optimism. Yeah, because getting a boat and of, get out of town. Yeah, there will be a boat because there has to be a boat, and he's not just saying that to like reassure himself. I think there's there's an aspect of him that really believes that. Like, uh, they never mm-hmm. really go into religion, like what religion some of these characters have in this episode or in this season really mm-hmm. um but i would not be surprised if kenny's specific take on religion is very much like things have to work out 
um, yeah. because they were supposed to. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it reminds me of a, a lot of uh, more traditionalist Protestant Christianity of like, God has absolutely a plan for me. Uh, there's, there's no way it, that isn't true. I can have everything bad in my life happen to me and that'll suck, but that won't even really change my core belief of like, well, this plan sucks, but it is a plan and it, it, it's leading to something. Yeah. Uh, Kenny never backs down from that. Um, good for him. Yeah. Until a certain part later in this episode, um, you Inter- go out through I'm the... excited to hear about this. Yeah, so you go out through the balcony of this uh, this couple's bedroom, and you're you're um, you're you're like rooftop hopping for a while. And there's a couple fake outs of like, oh, are you gonna fall off this bridge between rooftops? <laughs> nah, <laughs> you're good. You're good. <laughs> it's fine this time. Um, and then there's like an open skylight later on, and. Mm-hmm. Kenny pats you on the back like an idiot. <laughs> and you drop your radio, the one you've been using to talk to Clementine's captor, yeah. into the, the room. And it's just a completely dark room other than this light that's shining down. You see the radio. You, It's completely obvious to you. You can get it, but it's like a full story and a half tall room. You can't just go down and then get back up. Uh, there's no ladder or anything. Uh, and Krista decides, you know what? Screw it. I'm just going to jump in and get it. Mm-hmm. Is this still up to date with what you did? Well, tell, tell me what else happens in this scene. Let, okay. Let's talk about it a little more. So Krista jumps in and gets the radio and then reaches up and then the party can't reach her. Uh, so you're looking around at the rooftop really fast. Like, can uh, is this a bucket? Bucket won't help. Is this a piece of plywood? Nope. Uh, and then you find a pole. Like, okay, well, I'll grab this pole, and then she can grab onto the other end of the pole, and we'll pull it up. Okay. Um, and you try that, and it almost works, but then she falls again. Uh, and she falls with the pole with her, and it clanks against the ground in a loud way, and all of a sudden you see some that there are walkers in the room. Oh, um, no. So it looks like Krista, like, you just simply can't reach her. Um... Uh, might be done for but then um uh, kenny just jumps in and says you know what um he was talking earlier and i think this is important to note that when they were sleeping together in the rv katya every night would tell kenny like i can't get over how little you care for everyone else here you're just thinking about this family and then kenny said like well family is the most important thing but then katya would counter like these people will die if we don't also help them uh, and and uh, with Katya gone, Kenny realizes, like, yeah, I should have listened to her the whole time. I, I, she clearly had the right idea. Um, so then immediately after he says, I should be, like, trying to help other people more often, he's like, well, I can't say all that shit and then back down from it. Uh, so he jumps in to boost Krista out of the room. And Krista is saved. Um, but there's really nothing they can do for Kenny, and the walkers get him in that room. And that's All the right. end of Kenny. Interesting. I got something to tell you, Mitch. That's not at all what happened for me, even slightly. Wow, even slightly, huh? 
Yeah. Is that uh, the first time you've heard that? I had seen it before. I had okay. seen, and that's how I knew that this would be entirely different. Um, so for me, what happened was when you I get out of Ben's that room, fault that the radio drops. For you. Well, <laughs> it's not the radio that drops. What? Okay. Yeah. No. Keep going. So you go out in uh, through the window. But once Kenny steps off of this balcony, you see it's kind of coming loose. Mm-hmm. And then Ben steps onto the balcony. And the balcony breaks. Ben falls down into the alley below. Um, The alley. So not, not a completely different place. Yeah. Okay. Not once do I go into this uh, room you were talking about. Whoa. Okay. So, yeah, Ben drops down into the alley, and they're like, ah, shit, Ben, whoops. Uh, so Lee and Kenny go down a uh, a ladder on the side of the building, uh, like a balcony on the other building next door, and they go down to get Ben. Um, and Ben's like, uh, I'm okay, I'm fine, uh, don't worry about it. But then, uh... They uncover some of the debris, and they see that Ben has been impaled on a metal bar sticking out of the ground. Like, just just going right through his abdomen. And he's saying, don't worry about it? Cool. Well, he doesn't know. He doesn't see that this is how... He thinks his legs hurt. Uh, so, you're kind of like, uh, Ben, you're, uh, you're not doing so hot. Um... And so they try to pull him off of it, but it's just not happening. There's no way Ben's getting off of this metal bar. Because oh. anytime, anytime they uh, try to pull him off, he starts screaming in pain. And there's walkers, like, all around. So his scream of pain lures the walkers in. And they start closing in on them in this alley. And Kenny's like, uh, Lee, you get out of here. You gotta save that girl of yours. Uh, I'll take care of this down here. And uh, so... Kenny stays down there and he shoots Ben through the head so he doesn't get destroyed by these walkers. And you don't see what happens to Kenny. You kind of see him fighting off the walkers, but you are going up back to Omid and Krista. Um, So you don't see what happens to Kenny, but you hear the gunshot of Kenny shooting Ben and putting him out of his misery. Uh, He says... uh, he made sure Ben didn't feel any more pain than he had to. Huh. Yeah, so... If that, that was true, why didn't he just, like, really quickly do that and then leave with Lee? Um, I guess he just didn't think about it at the time. I don't know, he, he was fighting these walkers off. He was like, Lee, you get out of here, you got this little girl to save, I'll make sure... Maybe he wanted to make sure... think. Like, he definitely couldn't get Ben out of there, because he only shoots him once the walkers start, like, really coming in. So oh, okay. Okay. You, yeah, you don't see Kenny, like, get bit or anything, but you do see him kind of start getting swarmed by these guys. Yeah, you similarly don't see Kenny die in, in my one either, because Kenny... The, the room is so dark, you can't see mm-hmm. anything in it other than just, like, this one, like, sort of god ray of light from yeah. the skylight. Um, so the walkers like push him into the darkness and then at some point he just stops talking. Yeah. And Lee has the option because Omid said what happened to him like a child and <laughs> Lee has the option of telling Omid, Omid, um, he probably ran away. 
Yeah, you can Which say that here absolutely too. Absolutely not true. Yeah, he says maybe he got away. Yeah. Uh, oh, me, you child, you rascal. <laughs> uh, so in, in the Kenny death scene, Kenny dies no matter what, and then also if you have Ben, this is when Ben dies. Yes, I guess. this is this is where Ben meets his end. He got he got hurt on a big pole. I think I like yours. Well, I like the action of mine more because I I think I have a lot of questions of like, well, Ben, why didn't you just kill him and then go and like, I don't see why you were caught up with all these watchers. I'll, you could have just left. I'll link you the scene after. After okay, we're done does it make more sense games. in motion? Yeah, uh, okay. I like it personally. I I I this is part of why I always say Ben because I just feel like everything that happens to Ben in this episode, I prefer over not having Ben in this episode. Okay. Um, I, yeah, I think I like yours more thematically, though, uh, mm-hmm. with Kenny sort of adopting Ben as his family. Yeah, um, he, in, he helps him out. And, yeah, he's trying to help him off this uh, metal pole, but all of them just kind of realize, uh, look, this shit ain't happening. And you, when the walkers are coming in, Ben says, uh... Please don't let them get to me before being cut off by uh, Kenny shooting him. It's very selfish. Yeah, <laughs> he should have. He should have let Ben finish. <laughs> yeah. No, what I was saying is, Ben, come on, don't make demands. <laughs> <laughs> You're in no position to be asking anything of anyone. You have used all your sick hours. Ben. You lost. You lost the boat. Yeah. Now you get a cough. What do you want? <laughs> uh, so at that point, no matter what, I assume no matter what variant of the party you brought, it's now Lee, Omid, and Krista no matter what. Yes. Even if they didn't come with you at the beginning, because they'll just be at the house. Yeah. So I, I would assume that they would still come with you now. Yeah. Going back to the house is kind of... It's not not lame. Do you know what I mean? Like, they, they they sort of make this narrative promise at the end of the last episode of, like, ooh, you've brought your own party into episode five. It could be very different now. And mm-hmm. that's true for the hospital scene, and then the hospital roof, and then you go to the mansion. And then in the mansion, you're all together again. Yeah, I but I get it. I mean, you wouldn't want to just say, like, Omid, Krista, this is where we part ways. Sayonara. Yeah. I mean, the the Ben being alive and Ben being different seems like a much bigger, uh, I didn't even mean to say alive and different. <laughs> alive and different. I guess different would be. Yeah, different than alive. <laughs> uh, I didn't even mean to say that, but like that seems to have more of an impact on the narrative of this episode than who you bring at the end of the last episode. And that that just, I don't know, that feels a little hollow to me. I don't love that. I feel that. I, I think I was it's expecting kinda... it to have a big difference, and I was expecting us to have a talk about like, okay, so what does that mean? Um, but it didn't. It didn't seem to matter. I apologize for really building it up. It really is just that one scene. <laughs> but no, but no, you no, gotta no, no, admit, no. I'm, I'm not. I'm not even talking about that because we had the same party. That's the choice I'm saying. Oh, that, okay, seemed not to matter that much. And uh, and and that's the thing that kind of felt like it would be a big deal. Yeah. Uh, ben, Ben's death being very different is a big deal. And I'm glad you told me about that. That's cool. 
But him yeah. taking Kenny with you also sort of bottlenecks it. So like, okay, now the game knows I'm Lee and Omid and Krista. So the 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 choice structure, I think it it always feels legit. They've never made it feel like so you're gonna go with me to the lighthouse versus so I'm gonna go to the lighthouse and you are also with me going to go to the lighthouse, which are the choices in many choice based video games because it's hard to make all of the different content that could happen based on the you actually going to the lighthouse in a different way um, right. than another player. It's difficult. It takes a lot more time. I couldn't do it. Yeah. who? What even is a lighthouse made out of? Yeah. <laughs> I would I be asking that the whole I would just say, fuck this. Let someone else make this game. I don't know what lighthouses. <laughs> I can't make this game because I don't know what a lighthouse is made out of. I don't, I, don't even, I don't know what a lighthouse is. You expect me to have two people there? Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, it's more like a heavy house at that point with two people <laughs> hey, in it. Hey, you got the uh, jokes. But but yeah, uh, I don't know what happens on the roof if you have a different party, but it's not like the party that you brought to the roof does anything different. Mm-hmm. The party structure might have a very different... Um, yeah, it might have a very different effect on you losing your arm. I could see that happening. Yeah, I think so. I I think that scene at the hotel would be not at the hotel at the uh, in the hospital would be very different depending on who's. I can only imagine how that plays out with, if you only bring Ben with you. Mm-hmm. That just feels like none of that adds up to me. Like, first of all, why would Ben be the only one Lee brings with him? Second of all, how could a group Ben of- will not cut off your arm. Yeah, for you. exactly. Not, no chance. He will watch as you do it. Maybe. He won't watch. <laughs> like, He'll I can't like... look. <laughs> yeah. I got, uh, I think the strongest Shaggy vibes I got from Ben was in that scene where he's yelling at Kenny. Because his, his voice cracks so much. He's like, so give me a fucking break. <laughs> and I was like, you guys had to have known <laughs> when you did this. Yeah, he's um, got, like, the Letterman jacket. Yeah. Shaggy doesn't wear one of those, but it's still very Shaggy-esque somehow. He stands, he has, like, the same posture, same, like, proportions, He his face and hair. Yeah, it, his he's hair's w- equally dumb. Yeah, he, he has that talking dog he brings with him. Yeah, yeah, he eats only tall sandwiches. <laughs> only sandwiches I, that are taller than they are wide. I know what you want, Ben. You want a big sandwich. You want a big sandwich. <laughs> uh, so, so we should move on, I suppose. Yes. <laughs> uh, after after Kenny definitely dies and maybe Ben dies, mm-hmm. um, you, Omid, and Krista reach the end of this row of houses, and you can see the Marsh Hotel in the distance. And there's a rickety sort of sign between the two uh, buildings that you're about to cross. And you know you need to get to the other side in order to um, get to the Marsh Hotel. Yeah. So you have a choice here of going first or letting Omid and Krista go first. I let them go first. Ooh, spicy. I went first on mine. Okay. Tell me why. Um, I don't know. I, I it just neat. <laughs> it, it it just felt right. I I I don't know. Like. Anytime I get to this part, I just think, well, obviously I should go first, but then I don't really have any reason for it. It just feels like the right thing to do, I guess. For, so for they, me, anyway. 
Krista at one point says, Omid's the lightest, so he should go first. And mm-hmm. I, the player, just agreed with that. Like, that's that makes yeah. sense to me. If if this sign breaks, it's going to be because someone is on it that is too heavy. The uh, in, in, in the the amount of heavy it can take might be really low. It mm-hmm. might be even below Omid's weight. But if it's somewhere in the middle of us, I don't want to be the first one and then break it for them. Yeah. So that's what uh, happened to me. <laughs> oh, is it? Okay. Yeah, Lee goes first and then the sign just breaks after him. It does immediately? <laughs> yeah. Well, Wally's on it even, so you kind of have to uh like mm. he doesn't fall, he grabs onto the part that doesn't break off. Gotcha. Um so for me, Omid crossed it no problem. Mhm. Um even with his bum leg. And then Krista gets on, and she's about halfway across, and then it breaks on Krista. Okay. Uh, so they're on the far building, and I didn't cross yet. And I assume that's exactly the reverse for you. Yes. Lee is on the opposite side, and they're on the other side. So I've been going first. You tell me what happens in yours after that. I mean, I think it's a bad... Do you mean specifically that scene, or what happens... Yeah, like right it? after that. Um... He tells Omid and Krista, he's like, uh, well, you can choose what to tell them. I told them uh, to get a boat and, like, get out of here. This city sucks. Uh, Meet up with Clementine. And they say, okay, fine. Um, I told them, hey, fuck it. I'm just going to drop down and fight my Mm -hmm. way to the hotel. You should. Oh, that that's what my guy said too. I I said, uh, "Fuck it, I'm going for it." Yeah, because I think there's an alternative choice there that says, "I'll figure something out," and I don't know what that mm-hmm. would mean. Um, it doesn't look like you're gonna figure anything out. It's just yeah. a big jump. You can't do it. Um, maybe they can. Maybe it gives you like an exploration choice, and you look around, and then you find a ladder, and like, "Ooh, you did it!" <laughs> <laughs> now everyone gets to go. Yeah, it's you can have a happy ending in this game, didn't you know? Uh, <laughs> no, but I I did I did that. I dropped down before that. I'd said you wait around for Clementine uh, near the train station. I told her near the train station. Yeah, that's. I think that's no. I said get a boat. Yeah, you said get a boat. So I think train station would have been the better choice. We've already established the boat situation. Well, I mean, the train situation's pretty bad, too, because they said all of those thousands of walkers they lured into the town were following the sound of the train. Oh, that's true. I guess there just is no good situation. I mean, yeah, it's kind of the the thesis statement, right? Yeah. Um, but at this point, you do split up, and it looks like Omin and Krista are going to be okay, but they're separated from you. You don't know. Um, and Clementine is is still your objective so you drop down into the street and you're hatcheting people straight in the face and i think this is kind of like the big you've grown into really good at this moment of you can just walk through a storm of walkers and you've just become good at it so you're just knifing people in the face and it's enough to get to the other side pretty much unscathed Mm -hmm. um this we we talked about the the superheroic nature of Molly in the last episode, and Lee is starting to feel a little bit like that too in this scene to me. 
I think so too, but I think it's mostly because what does he have left to lose? He he has he needs to get to Clementine and mm-hmm. he's already been bitten, so he has everything to gain and nothing really to lose in this situation. So I I did buy him just hatcheting zombies in the head. So there's a long history of talking about the Mary Sue problem on the internet um, in a very sexist way. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it, it's a fraught conversation. It often has people arguing in bad faith. Uh, and, and the generalization of what happens is you have characters like Luke Skywalker or whatever who can do pretty much whatever they want with the Force by the time they're completely trained. And then, or or Anakin Skywalker for the Obi-Wan Kenobi, whatever. And then when Rey comes along and Rey is like the new best person people have seen at it, um, the fact, like, it only now starts to become a problem for a lot of people mm-hmm. that the power level has grown this large because Rey is a woman and not, there's like some subconscious thing of like, oh, I don't want to be explained to by an SJW about like, oh, the the woman's even more powerful than the guy here. And I, I mm-hmm. think it's just, it, it's always a load of crap. It's always hard to listen to. Um, mm-hmm. It's like the worst part of the internet. But it does sort of prime you for when a conversation comes up, it's like, well, they just found Molly and Molly is so much more powerful than any other character in this entire world. <laughs> has even been shown could be mm-hmm. not not even is like at their max potential lee couldn't possibly measure up to molly yeah and like if in the last episode molly was doing stuff like what lee's doing now cutting through the horde of zombies um in situations where she doesn't even have to she's just like i'm sure i'll be fine mm-hmm. uh and gets to the other end and is like yeah i was fine <laughs> uh <laughs> i'm just really good at this and I think this this is a similarly powerful moment for Leave. Like, I've become this good at taking down zombies. But feels different because he can't do anything else. Yeah. Like, this it- is really just the last option he has. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I brought up the, 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 the Mary Sue history thing. Just because I think... The game is sort of asking you to consider Lee becoming a Molly. And my my immediate reaction to it is it was not fine when Molly did it. It it was sort of lame when that happened. And it is earned when Lee did it. Yeah. Um But you, you know, I'm 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 very aware that like there's immediately uh well the man did it and it's fine and the woman did it and it's not fine. And I'm I'm having just second thoughts on it. I'm just trying to analyze my own thoughts and see what I actually think about the whole situation. Um, but that's why this is a podcast. You get that in real time, folks. You get <laughs> all you of guys my lucky? thoughts that don't go anywhere. <laughs> you know what it, I think it comes down to for me? I think it partially comes down to the fact that Molly, whenever Molly shows up, she her attitude makes her seem like she's so cool. She's like, like Kenny starts attacking her and she says back off grandpa uh i'm i'm cool molly and with lee he's he's not saying a word he has to do this i i do feel like if it were a female in this exact situation it would be just as earned as when lee does it and if it was if it was a guy in molly's position it would be just as lame 
Well, yeah, and I I think I agree with you for sure. But I I mm. think that there's the danger of not actually knowing how much it subconsciously affected us. Yeah, as well. Um, that that sort of thing. Just I'm just saying it for the record. Just sort of putting the thought out there that like mm-hmm. I understand that this is a, a potential thing to look at internally more and ask myself why I felt this way. Um, I feel you. But yeah, there's also like Molly's character design is different than the entire rest of the characters. Like she's got this badass haircut. Yeah. And I also think it has something just to like do a Pokemon with, trainer. I also think it has something to do with how long you've spent with Lee. Like, you know, Lee, you know, this character mm-hmm. and Molly just shows up and she's immediately jumping from rooftops, taking out walkers. She's just got this nailed like as soon as you meet her. And yeah, I, it's like I three think, months in, too. It's not that yeah, long. Yeah. So I I do think at least in this one instance it comes down to other circumstances, yeah. and uh, yeah yeah I feel like uh, at least I like to think like you said you know I don't know how deep that runs, mm-hmm. but um, at the end of the day I do think it just comes down to different circumstances between the two characters. Yeah, I definitely expected her to see her this episode. She's still in the city, probably right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and you spend the entire episode in the city, so you don't see her. You don't see Crawford at all. That's another thing I was talking about. This is what I was yeah. talking about with episode four. That stuff just doesn't really lean in. Uh, Vernon's presence is felt when he steals your boat, but it's not like he's just not there, and you don't get the boat back. So it it's it it might as well have been anyone that stole your boat. Um. Yeah, but it does make it hit a little harder that it was someone you had this prolonged experience yeah. with, I think. That's true. Like, it it wouldn't... If you got back and it was just, oh, some rando came and stole this boat, then it'd be like, okay, cool, that sucks. And now I'm just <laughs> pissed off. But here, it's like, okay, well, you have this character that you knew you talked to and you know their reasoning for stealing this boat. It sucks, but... I get it at the same time. I think it it just wouldn't have been as good if it was just some guy. Yeah, I think that's true. Um, I'm I, I, I'm not saying I dislike it. I'm just saying mm-hmm. it does feel very cut off from the rest of the world. No, um, I I think I I understand because nothing yeah. your your group of people, no one is really changed that much at the end of episode four. Yeah. And I don't I don't necessarily think that's a problem. You know, it it you don't want to fall into like, okay, well, in this episode, obviously someone has to die. Well, um, mine Ben changed a lot for me. Oh yeah, Ben did die in yours. I well, guess he for started you, alive and ended up different. Yeah. So <laughs> in, in that way there was there was quite a change. Um and obviously we're all heartbroken about Bree. Oh, obviously, yeah. Um I yeah, forgot I mean, I, for a I second who Bree was. Um, in, in these kinds of post-apocalyptic um, shows, and I'm going to say show here because this game is acting a lot more like a show. Mm-hmm. So much of the episodic nature of those shows comes from treating the setting sort of like an open world video game where like, there's a little sprinkle of activity over here and there's a side quest over here and... Uh, every like set piece is designed for its own little moment uh, and you don't know right. which order the players are going to come to it feels a lot like that uh but in in show form and mm-hmm. in the game they try that a little bit i think they should because you know that this is 
ultimately a game based on an IP that exists before it. It's based on a show and a comic book. It's not making this world from scratch, even though it effectively feels like it sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it's emulating that structure a little bit in episodes two and four. Uh, two, you go, you have an adventure on the dairy. It, it's very self-contained. Four, yeah. it didn't immediately feel self-contained, but the Crawford thing was self-contained. Mm-hmm. Um, the it, episodes one, three, and five are the beginning, middle, and end of a very important arc um, regarding Lee, and that I think works very well. And it makes the successful. It, I think you you were initially very hesitant to call episode two a filler episode, but also admitted that there is some truth to that. And I, I'm now yeah. on your. I now feel what you're feeling with that, having yeah, seen the rest of the episodes. Because it is very standalone. Like things that happen in it tie into you know things that happen later on, but um, you know, like that is kind of its own thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the dairy is extremely successful in the context of now having seen this entire season. Um, Crawford is not as much. Um, it's cool. It's got some cool stuff to it. It, it it's uh, it's doing some stuff that I'll remember. And yeah. I think at the end of the day, that's pretty good for a zombie game. I don't yeah. remember most of these zombie games. Um, yeah, think about like when we played Jurassic Park, how there was just like no. Like, all the episodes just kind of run together. And I kind of feel like those episodes, episodes two and four, even if they aren't, like, the most important, even if they don't, like, directly Mm -hmm. tie into this overall arc of Lee, I think it does a good job of helping to separate the episodes that do. Yeah. Because Jurassic Park, like, it it just all bleeds together into one story. I couldn't tell you what if what happens in episode two or three or four like i remember the events that happened but i don't like remember okay well this is episode three this happens here it's just all the same stuff yeah it, it's it's very similar it's very much all the same um remember the helicopter pilot's name uh decaf yeah you see that's a hilarious name and it took a while for you to remember it yeah, even then I was like, oh, I got to think about it. Yeah, because I was trying to remember it this entire time. And then I eventually remembered it. But the whole time I was trying to remember it, I was thinking like, <laughs> I know it's a silly name that I should definitely remember. You you want to know something? <laughs> you want to know something funny about that? Hmm. That's the only name I remember from Jurassic Park. <laughs> I don't remember okay. anyone else. I, re- I remember the main dad daughter combos last name was harding yeah um decaf obviously (laughs) decaf's uh not the one that ended up being the bad guy but like the big burly guy who'd sacrificed himself his name's oscar oh right right yeah i couldn't for a million dollars i couldn't have told you his name i remember the character but yeah name i could not tell you uh the daughter's name is jess the dad's name is jim yeah uh or jerry <laughs> jimbo wait. wait is it jim or jerry uh, uh and i i can't tell you the the girl's name uh like the costa rican woman i can't tell you the is it doctor's is it, name is it nima 
Nema sounds right. Oh, like a fish. Yeah, she said she says Finding that. Nima. She gives you like a mnemonic device. Yeah, like <laughs> the, the movie. Player, like you the know, movie like fish. <laughs> it means little fish. Finding uh, Nima. And then, like, the the main guy who turned out to be the bad guy. His name's so funny. We made fun of it. Yeah, and now I I cannot even remember that Jurassic Park just makes so little of an impression. Oh, I gotta remember that guy's name. Uh, it starts with a Y. Uh, uh, I want to say Yamper. That's the Corgi Pokemon. Yamper. That's not it. <laughs> That's a it's different game something entirely. like Yamper, though, right? It's uh... okay. I have my notes in front of me. I'm gonna look. I'm just gonna look because I can't think of it. That's so cut, interesting. Cut me off to me if it pops up. In Yoder. Your head. Yoder. William Yoder. 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 Yeah, <laughs> his name's Yoder, and we forgot it. I can't. Well, to be fair, that's uh, that's a name that doesn't come up very often. Yeah, and then the doctor had a name that's not important. Yeah, she dies. Who cares? Uh, man, that game is just not. It's it's clearly getting to something, right? Because yeah, because The Walking Dead exists, and we've talked about it for five episodes now. Yeah, uh, it really does feel more like it stemmed from Jurassic Park than I'd say like Back to the Future. Or yeah, anything. yeah, it, it's. Like, the whole structure of Jurassic Park is the whole structure of The Walking Dead, except choices. Yeah, and except for the cool stuff. It, yeah, I guess it, it's not just the choices, because although all the stuff from The Walking Dead is in Jurassic Park except choices, uh, the quality of all of it is just so so much lower. Yeah. And I, I think we've talked about this a number of times on past episodes, but when you have a narrative-focused format like this, the story being good is the thing. Yeah. So you can have exactly this thing and like a different writer for dialogue. And mm-hmm. all of a sudden the game goes from a 10 to a two. Yeah. Well, you know, time enough to get to that. <laughs> uh Oh, so yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you don't like, I forgot that you said this. Something happened that you don't like. Are we there yet? No. Okay. I'll let you know when we get there. Okay, so uh, you split up with Omi and Krista. They wait at, for you, the boats, for me, the train station. Um, but then And then you fight your way through the horde of zombies. And then you're at the hotel. This is the hotel that um, uh, uh, Clementine has been saying she knows her parents are at this whole mm-hmm. time. And um, it's also you're given this indication that it's also where the uh guy on the radio has taken clementine yeah so you go in you find the room that he might be in and uh, <laughs> yeah i was thinking about this it's like you just happen to find the room in this big massive hotel you you're like yeah. i bet he's in that one yeah, they even show the hallway outside the room. So I'm like, okay, well, there's a lot of rooms to check. And then he just walks up to one. And I was like, oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I didn't well, want to check these. Maybe maybe they left out the part where it shows him checking every room beforehand. <laughs> he checks. It takes 10 minutes per room. And <laughs> <laughs> this is three days later. Yeah. <laughs> but he just walks up to the right room. Uh, and something's in the closet he can't tell um so okay there's a rope there's like two closets and they're 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 doors are looking at each other 
and Lee can tell something or someone's in the closet. The doorknob of one door is tied to the doorknob of the opposing parallel door. Yeah. What does this do? What's that Um, mechanism for? So, the way I think it works is, it looked like the doors do not open outward, they open inward. No, I made it. I made a a, a point to check on that. They oh. do both open outward. Okay, well then, in that case, it doesn't really make much sense because then you could just open the door outward and the string would loosen. At least the one on the right side, from the perspective of the camera that they have you look at it, mm-hmm. um, at least that one definitely opens outward. Yeah, because it's like a shallow closet. You can't open that door inward. Um, um also I'm closets never open that. inward like in yeah. general have you ever seen a closet you can't because they're they're always small that's true now that i think about it uh I, I don't know i don't know i didn't take i didn't look in the closet doors well enough i wanted to say it looked like it could have been like a closet with doors that s- I, not like sliding doors, but kind of. Okay. Uh, how would you describe them? I they wouldn't. like they like fold like a <laughs> they fold like accordions when you push them out. Okay, I don't think so though. Yeah, um, I would need to for, forget I said anything. It's stupid. <laughs> no, I thought it was good. <laughs> oh, I thought, yeah, it, I, thought it, I thought it was good, and then I was shot down. <laughs> um. Yeah, well, so the thing that really confuses me is like, okay, well, maybe the point was supposed to be they both open inward, which makes the rope taut if Clementine, because Clementine's in the closet, that's spoilers, I guess. Mm -hmm. Uh, If she tries to open the door inward, it would pull the rope and like she couldn't pull the door open. Right. But she opens the door on her own later on. Well, it, the rope fell off. It like somehow was loosened up on the doorknob because it does fall off of that door first before she comes out. Oh, does it? Yeah. I didn't even follow that. Okay. Yeah. I think that this needed another pass. This needed another details pass. It's, it's a situation where I can, I can tell there's some sort of logic there. They wouldn't have just done it if they didn't think this through, but I can't quite wrap my head around how it works. Yeah. There's two aspects here that like both don't work. The first is, what is the actual mechanism with this rope that keeps the doors from opening? And the mm-hmm. second is what loosens the rope? Yeah. It just like, just naturally it happens to be when Lee's sitting there. I, I, yeah. I might need to watch it again and kind of analyze exactly what happens. I, I mean, at the end of the day, it this is splitting hairs. It re- really does not matter in the long term. but yeah, it is. It is weird. Yeah, this is a thing about video game design where it's like, this doesn't matter. Uh, and if I were watching a show with this setup, I would have been like, oh, that's sort of silly. But, you know, someone, mm-hmm. someone messed up on set. And it should have been done a different way. But with a video game like this, your your thought process is, I need to behave myself in this so- uh, hostage situation. So I'm thinking everything's a clue. Everything's usable. Uh, mm-hmm. So I'm trying to think, like, well, does, is this rope important at all? And it isn't. It's just meant to be, like, a lock. Yeah. Just, just lock a door, man. Just, <laughs> like, 
have but then how's Clementine gonna get out uh, well, if if the rope can fall off, Clementine can pick a lock with a hairpin or something. <laughs> like, <laughs> right? Like, if it's just something that happens, then I, it can be anything. I don't know if Clementine knows how to pick a lock, Mitch. I don't think she has a hairpin either. But yeah. like, <laughs> so there goes that. But the rope, the rope is tied there and just falls off for no reason. Like that's that's sort of that's a bit further than just like uh, I don't want to fuss about the details. It's like well that that's like this is an adventure game. I'm all about opening locked doors. This is like opening locked doors is the bread and butter of what made Telltale a remembered cut company through <laughs> Sam and Max and Strong Bad and uh, at Monkey Island and Wallace and Gromit. I've opened so many locked doors in Back to the Future, and in this game, they're like, no, this one just sort of opens. This one's <laughs> Given fine. enough time. This one's a timed locked door, and the timer is a rope. Like, <laughs> How does this... It, it, yeah, so, okay. Mitch, You're right. I, it's silly. I, it's just nothing. I, I, I gotta be 100% honest with you. I'm not, I'm not saying this. To belittle your complaint, I think I think you're right to, <laughs> uh-huh, to okay. complain about it. But I want you to know that before you brought it up now, I never once in any time I've ever played this game thought about it. Well, that's why we need each other for this podcast. You're because, right. That's what you bring to the table. Yeah, because if you weren't here, Dustin, I wouldn't have brought it up either. So yeah, they would have just gotten, gotten away with it scot-free. <laughs> if you weren't here... I would have just been like festering in a corner, not talking into a microphone, just talking into the air. And I would have been blissfully unaware. Yeah, I might have called you later and say like, hey, you don't need to know this, but I was thinking about a rope recently. And you'd be like, (laughs) well, that's dark. And I'd be like, no, not like that. It's just a hostage situation. (laughs) Oh, that's okay then. That's better. (laughs) (laughs) I'd say, ah, Walking Dead season one, episode five. So we're one hour and 40 minutes into the podcast. We should talk about the big reveal. Yeah. How did you feel about this? I went through a lot of emotions with this very quickly. Um, so I, I was trying not to guess all of my guesses for who the guy on the radio was to you last episode. Mm-hmm. Um, my, my biggest guess that like I still didn't think was going to happen, but I thought could happen was the guy on the radio is Clementine's actual dad. Oh, that's right. You brought that up. Yeah. Did I bring that up? Okay. Yeah, yeah you so, said it. Uh, yeah, that, that, was, that was the thought. Like, he's in the right place. He knows Clementine. He would be the person that can um, trick Clementine like that. Maybe he went crazy after... Maybe Clementine's mom died. Mm-hmm. Um, but he didn't. Something like that. That's uh, funny because that's not that far off from what actually happens. Well, yeah, you can tell later, like, her parents were actually there, but they mm-hmm. just became walkers like everyone else. Yeah, but I just mean with this guy. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, my second guess was that it had something to do with the murder that Lee committed before the game started. Ooh, um, that would have been good. Regarding that, uh, did they say it's a senator candidate, candidate uh, or something like that? He murdered. Yeah, I, I think so. A senator of some sort. Yeah, senator. He, he murdered, murdered a, an important guy. Um, and I was wondering, like, is this his brother, 
or did he somehow not die when he when uh lee shot him and maybe he's been in a coma uh and wants revenge on lee specifically and doesn't want lee to like impact other people that he loves like he made the mistake with his wife about um Mm -hmm. so like he he somehow found out lee loves this little girl now uh well he loved his wife and still fucked that up so um let's solve that yeah yeah it was neither of those uh it was neither of those it let, let me just say um i'm pleasantly surprised with who this is i was too uh did you have any other guesses or were those the only two the only other guess i had was that it would be really actually a completely random guy um (laughs) that has just sort of been following them and the reason that i figured that they might do something like that is just um just to emphasize the instability of the social structure of this world Mm -hmm. i mean that's Um, basically what happened with jolene in episode two yeah like another jolene thing because they uh, if they're fine doing it with jolene maybe they're fine doing it again uh Mm. it's 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 not quite a random guy it's still pretty close to that um but you are connected in some way this man is the man who the party stole goods from at the end of the dairy episode it was his station wagon that you got all the food and and stuff from yeah yeah boy what a twist so never would have seen it coming yeah i i didn't want to even hint at it and you know what's interesting is um this is a change that these later versions made that i actually like originally in in the original release of this game they had the station wagon out front out in front of the hotel oh really yeah i don't think i would have picked up on it I don't think I would have either, but I just think of someone who would have, and I think, I think it hits harder when he has to tell you who he is. Like, I don't, I, I think, I don't know, it feels a little less interesting if you see that car out front and you're like, oh boy, gulp. Yeah, well, I, I kind of like that, though. Maybe if it was very hidden, but if there was some way of, like, oh, look at that car in the background. Is that the same? Yeah. Uh, who's to say? That might have been the best way to do it. If it's like just far enough that you can't really tell, but then once you're like told, you're like, "Oh shit, there it is." Yeah. Um I I also probably would have just initially assumed, "Oh, that's a reused asset." So, mm-hmm. it it's not necessarily saying anything. They just needed a car and they remembered they made a car earlier. Yeah. Um I just think if if you have to have it one way or another, I'm kind of glad they took the car out just sure. because it, it does make it hit a little harder here. But I can honestly say in the original release, I never picked up on it. I never knew that was his that was his car out front. Was it prominently Once, there out front? I It's been so long, I don't remember exactly where it is, but I think it is just like right in front because in these later versions... Once you get to the hotel, there's just, like, a little circle, like a little oval spot where there's no walkers. And I'm like, I guess that's where the car was. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's true. Uh, the, y- you can walk right through that. And I uh, I do, I did remember a car being there, but maybe it was a different car. Um, I don't know. I don't know. 
There, yeah. there was a car of some sort. I certainly didn't pick up on the fact that it was a specific different car that I stole from earlier because as soon as that happened in that episode, I wrote it off as something I'd never think about again. Well, I mean, I'd think about the narrative impact of it, but I'm not going to care about you, this guy's car. Yeah, you didn't think the people would ever come back. Yeah, uh, to remind the audience, I did not steal from this car. I also did not steal from this car. Uh, I believe my my reasoning at the time might actually kind of bite me in the butt now. <laughs> uh, but my reasoning at the time was I would totally normally steal from this guy's car. Uh-huh. Um, but I had just finished explaining to Clementine why I had to kill the dairy farmer brothers in front of her. You wanted to show Clementine you had some humanity left. Yeah, I have the ability to do some good. Um, yeah. And if if she's looking at the situation and she's thinking, the guy might come back. Uh, she's sort of already made up her mind of what's good and what's bad. And I, I, I realized, oh, you know what? No matter what, I'm just going to try to match her right now. Yeah. So I, I, uh, I, I didn't push it too hard. I knew that we were probably going to get food some other way. Uh, and it turned out it's just because the people that did steal from the car gave it to us <laughs> um, because it would be silly to not steal from this car, which was my initial thought. Um, so you, there's nothing you can do that will stop Kenny and Lily from stealing from the car. And now that makes sense because, well, you have to <laughs> have this guy. Result. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I don't know anyone who would play through this game and guess this, but it does, it does make more sense than, any of my guesses. Yeah, I thought it was great. I specifically remember when Adam did it, he was like, oh, fuck that. And I couldn't, he, he was laughing about it. So, you know, I, it was more of a fuck that in a, uh, that's cool, but also what the fuck sort of way. Okay. Um, but yeah, for, I, I don't know. I could see someone not gelling with this twist, but I thought, I personally thought it was really good. Yeah, it, it, it's a very minor character kind of thing. Um, mm-hmm. But the... Like, the point they're, they're trying to make with this scene, like, the moral of the whole thing is that even though you think you're just doing what you have to do, everyone that you step on, it, they could be having the worst day of their lives. Uh, <laughs> which is definitely true <laughs> about yeah. this guy. Mondays, am I right? Yeah, uh... Dustin, do you want to run through what this guy's backstory is? <laughs> so, the deal with this guy, the stranger they call him, because they never tell you his name. Um, I call he... him Station Wagon Guy in my notes. Station Wagon Guy! Hey! That <laughs> doesn't roll off the tongue, but it's fun I got to a say. station wagon. <laughs> that was his one thing in life. He talks like Mitch Hedberg. I've got a station wagon. I've got a station wagon. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so he sits you down, he has you at gunpoint, he has you give up all your weapons. Um, then he tells you, he says, uh, remember a, uh, a few weeks ago you stumbled upon a station wagon? Well, that was me and my family's station wagon and you stole all our stuff. So he took his son out hunting and I guess there was some sort of accident there where he came back without the son. It's implied the son died. So that was strike one for this guy. Yeah. Um, his wife was like, oh, you 
silly, you killed our son. Um, and then things only get worse because people stole their food. He says, I could have won her trust back if uh, you all didn't fuck us over. Because uh, that was the last step. That was the last straw for her. Both her and their daughter took off. They left because uh, they were so hungry. And then he found them as walkers like a few days after this. He says he, says he found one them in day. The f- yeah, yeah. Which is in, in, insulting, really. Yeah. <laughs> Just like, they're gone for one day, and, well, I that didn't work out. <laughs> yeah, immediately they lost. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so he lost his whole family. Yeah, and so he's losing it. I, and so he has this radio, and I guess he just stumbles upon Clementine's frequency. Mm-hmm. And starts talking to her through that, and he hears about uh, the shit going on with you guys. I guess it's just a coincidence that it happened to be, like, he just happened to find them on the walkie-talkie, or the radio, I mean. Uh, and they just happened to be the people who stole from their van. That that seems to line up, like, maybe a little too perfectly. So but, there was you know. a scene at the beginning of this episode for me. I don't know if your version of the game has this uh, the, the the same sort of feature, but mm. there was a last time on The Walking Dead. Mine does not. It doesn't okay. have last time or next time, and I don't like that. So it mine does, and on the last time on The Walking Dead, they showed me a scene that I could swear did not exist in the episode they said it came from. Oh, uh, really? It was the scene in the station wagon uh, where... Carly gives uh, Clementine batteries for the radio. She finds batteries, uh, and she remembers. No. Oh, radio is e- radios eat batteries from that first episode. Uh, no, and that... then Lee had to tell her Carly how to use a radio battery. That does sound right. I think that did happen because that sounds familiar, and I didn't get that. I didn't. I don't get last time on Walking Dead's, and okay. that still sounds. So, yeah, I I think it must have been brought up in that episode. So they make a point of showing Carly give the batteries to Clementine either in both episodes or and, and I'm crazy or just the the next last time or whatever. Uh, but either way, they're they're priming the player like, hey, th- this car had batteries, maybe like the exact kind for this. I wasn't really thinking about it in that term. Uh, in those terms, because I was thinking, like, well, just everything uses batteries. Probably uh-huh. double A's like everything else. My Xbox 360 controller and my flashlight both use double A batteries. It's not a big mm-hmm. deal. Um, but maybe it's a special radio battery that uh, they find <laughs> indicating this guy had the same sort of radio thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I guess, you know, he just happens to connect the Clementine sheet. It you know, it's implied that they've been she's been telling him about all the stuff that's been going on for mm-hmm. a, for a, at least a little while. So she probably told him exactly like, oh, yeah, our group, uh, we found this uh, station yeah. wagon. Uh, we stole out of it. You know, no big deal. Well, she would like, say that you didn't. Um, yeah. For us. Well, for she us might too. say that everyone else did because mm-hmm. that. Yeah, that's a Lee even tells him, like, I didn't steal from you. And he says your people did. Yeah, so so the more he's talking to you, the more you realize what this character actually represents. Because mm-hmm. uh, 
everything that you've done from that moment on has been remembered by Clementine. It says that in the upper left-hand corner of the game. Anytime you do anything, Clementine will remember this. And what does that mean? You kind of interpret it as like, well, she's developing a personality as she grows up. You know, it, it might matter in the long run. Mm-hmm. Clementine remembers this means she's going to tell this guy. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it 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 really just manifests the urgency of exploring the consequences of your own choices in a very tangible way there's this guy right in front of you and he says to me when i found out that your group stole from me but you two you and clementine specifically didn't i initially wasn't going to do anything to you or clementine i was going to try to get to them for my revenge he even says for my revenge which i think is a little arc that's that's a little too arc for him uh but uh it's funny because earlier dastardly deeds (laughs) it's funny because earlier in the episode you have the choice for lee to be like we find clementine and that's it we can't make this about revenge yeah but he's all about revenge yeah Uh, this guy he made that choice yes yes please (laughs) revenge i'm i'm deeply in favor of revenge uh and he (laughs) he's talking he's saying he wasn't going to target lee but after he heard everything that Lee did, uh, which for me was he killed a guy in the dairy right in front of Clementine. He left Lily on the side of the road uh, to die. He chose to drop Ben from the bell tower. And, uh-huh. and one other thing that I forgot to write down, um, like all of the most morally ambiguous things, he tells Lee like, hey, you did this while a little while you were supposed to be taking care of a little girl and every answer that he, everything he says that you did, you have the option to like, you're given three options. You're saying no, or, um, well, it's more complex than that. It's a little or, complicated. Well, I wouldn't have done that now. Mm-hmm. Um, like one of those three, or you can just s- sort of be like, man, shut up. Um, <laughs> and I think those three options, like he's telling you, Everything that you did that you probably aren't sitting right with right now. So, like, the first thing he says, you killed a guy at the dairy right in front of Clementine. And you didn't Mm -hmm. have to do it. And I'm thinking, like, oh, dude, you weren't there. You don't know what was going on. This guy, it was a danger. Uh, It had to be done. So I said that, like, it's more complex than that. You don't know what this guy was all about. And then he says, you left Lily on the side of the road. And I'm like, that's true. (laughs) I did do that. You got me. I did do that one. (laughs) (laughs) uh it's impactful it works it really matters it feels bad i was forced to pick the weakest of the three options from like my arguments perspective which is well i wouldn't have done that now Um, well now that i'm sitting here in front of you i think i would have done it a little differently (laughs) yeah and and it's true though like i i've been through a journey with this uh, in this world and i'm and i am in a different place like i don't think i would have done that now i think the ben situation showed me i should have given lily another chance even though on a meta level i know what happens with lily if i let her stay and yeah. she just steals the rv um but on, i'm pretending i don't right um yeah like he he's got me dead to rights on that one like i fucked up bad i just got angry at someone i left them to die mm-hmm. Um, oh, by the way, another guess I had for this 
radio guy was somehow Lily had found a guy and like she's trying to get back at Lee for that. Uh, and I, I wanted that one the least. I really wanted the the leaving Lily to to matter because it yeah. was impactful at the time. Yeah, that would have sucked. But <laughs> at the same time, I think it's very funny thinking that Lily Lily is so pissed off at your whole group that she concocts this whole plan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and 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 you first hear the guy on the radio at the end of that episode, so she would have had to act like within like a few hours. Like yeah, less, but... less than twenty four hours <laughs> to get this plan off the ground. Yeah, but like the idea of oh, she's just so pissed off at this group that she does this whole plan. That's what he did. That's what Station Wagon yeah, guy did. That's so, true. Um, so so yeah, that's, I can see it happening. It's funny. He said totally different things to me when he brought up the shit I did. Well, we did different shit. So so what did uh, did you write it down? Oh, I wish I did. I remember two of them, but I don't remember my one he brought up for episode three. It might have been the same one with Lily. I, I'm sure it was because that's yeah. If we, that's I remember we did the same thing with that. Yeah, and I don't, I don't remember anything else that happened in the episode that he would have brought up. But um, for the dairy, since I didn't kill them, he just says, uh, "You brought her to this place of uh, sickos who eat humans," and. I feel like that's kind of a weak argument. Like, obviously, we didn't know that. Yeah. Uh, Did you have the option to say, I didn't know? Yeah, I think I did. I I think that's what I picked. And I think he just moves on to the next one, which must have been Lily. Okay. So Um, I was saying that he said the thing about dropping Ben to me. I don't think he actually did. And I can't remember what it was. But I do remember that one of the things I picked was like, well, I couldn't have known about that. Um, And I don't remember... Was it Crawford? Because for me, he brings up, you brought her to this dangerous Crawford place. Well, I don't think I would have said I don't know about that, though, cause yeah, I, I because I think we knew about that. Yeah, like, way. you you didn't know that everyone there was dead, but you were warned multiple times that this place is dangerous and doesn't allow kids. Yeah, it, it might have been, like, the harbor. It might have been he said, you brought her to this... Uh, no, that doesn't make sense either. I don't know what it was. I'll, I'll I'll need to somehow. I'll need to look up like all of the. Th- I'm sure someone's cataloged it by now. Yeah. Like, all of the different things he can say. I'm sure someone has. Um, but but they're impactful. It, it, this yeah. this man is a manifestation of consequence of choice. Uh, mm-hmm. This is what you've been doing the whole game because, um, when you kill that guy in the dairy, I thought the consequence of it was immediate. I thought yeah. it was like. Clementine, you saw Clementine react to it, and you're like, oh, that, that hurt. Lame. Um, but I think this man exists in this game just to show you, like, even though you've been doing a pretty good job of keeping a low profile, you are mostly still negatively impacting a lot of people around you. Mm-hmm. Uh, because you feel that you have to, and you, you've justified it to yourself in that way. Um, it is interesting though like sometimes you just make enough nice choices throughout these episodes that like for you the thing that he was able to say was you you brought her to the dairy like well he should know that none of you thought that was happening well maybe clementine left that part out maybe she just told him the part where yeah we went to a dairy and they all ate people oh it sucked like, maybe he doesn't know that you didn't know. 
Maybe he just thinks, you took her to this dangerous place with fucking cannibals, you yeah. asshole. Yeah. So I, I can kind of see his logic, even though you know that there was no way for you to know that that's how it happened. It, it does. I, I, I think that the ones I got, especially the one leaving Lily on the side of the road, that worked for me. But I can yeah. totally imagine going through this game and doing mostly the morally, like, in, in Clementine's eyes, good thing. Mm-hmm. And he just like lists a bunch of things that you like don't even feel a little bit bad about <laughs> and you're like try again yeah dude i don't care we didn't know you don't got a leg to stand you're not gonna on make me feel bad about that <laughs> uh like if you don't leave lily on the side of the road what does he say that you had a really good time on a train like uh, <laughs> you brought clementine on a train don't you feel awful you you put maybe he's he turns it around like you put someone you just saw murder one of your friends right next to her in a car and like yeah, i could I see could that see being that. bad mm-hmm. just just either way it's he hates you for it uh, <laughs> you just which, can't there's no winning with this guy i guess that's the point like he has to be the ramifications of your choices yeah in uh, in a game about choices the immediate impact is is always there and sometimes you get like a one or two episode delayed reaction to a choice and that's always cool like we we saw with ben how uh he he dies in dumb ways in different episodes (laughs) potentially (laughs) um but uh with this guy at the end of episode five the end of the season he's just there to be like hey you did not do nearly as good of a job as you thought you did yeah um and that that matters because you're about to take clementine back uh which works by the way spoilers like this guy's more of a roadblock than anything significant but he's just a reminder like hey everything you've done is causing me to hate you right now uh it yeah you have to answer for your choices uh, and yeah, like this guy isn't this guy isn't like the St. John's in the second episode or he's not like walkers. He's just some guy. But because of what's going on with him, it feels more impactful than all of those. Yeah, I got to say, like, I don't really I don't really buy him as a justifiable villain. He he doesn't cross the line to me of like, oh, wow, I can get this guy's perspective. Like, no, this guy's still pretty like mwahaha uh he's definitely crazed um yeah he his perspective is not healthy yeah but you can also kind of see what could have driven him to this like what he's doing is not justified he's not good for doing this but it does suck that he was made to do something like this yeah as as a character i don't know if i think much of him but as as the effect to lee's cause he he's a lot Mm -hmm. he he sort of makes the whole game make sense he ties up every loose end somehow as just like hey look it's mattered everything you've done it's mattered just because even though i'm not doing anything differently from gameplay to gameplay to gameplay if i make different choices even though it's i'm still here at the end no matter what the fact that you've even gone through it means i'm right here means i hate you for it Mm -hmm. um which simultaneously makes you reconsider all those choices and makes you feel worse about some of them and 
sort of locks you into them more saying like well you know what if i did the other one i bet you'd be here too i bet you'd yeah. be right here because a lot of this <laughs> seems like justification for wanting to be a- obsessed with me because you lost your family and you just went crazy yeah um more than actually caring about my choices exactly um, but you you've been able to make the argument for yourself you're at least sane enough to do that um mm-hmm. it, but it's self-justification more than anything and i think for that reason i don't really feel bad about him dying at this point um but um that was actually also a choice so for me i guess i spoiled that he did die yeah i mean he died for me too but how did he die for you okay yeah no actually you're right he died ne- he died no matter what but the the choice is different i'm looking at my phone screen at the picture i took okay so the the stranger there is an option of killed clementine's captor and you either did kill the stranger or you didn't um what was yours i didn't good i feel like it's more impactful if you don't so if you do it then you do it um if you don't clementine shoots him from the other side of the room i think that is it that's just so much more impactful when i was watching oh was it i forget if it was andrew or adam that did it but one of them killed him and i it was it just didn't have nearly the same impact because you just choke him out you just like choke him out and then leave him i think it's so much more satisfying seeing clementine able to pull the trigger to kill this this isn't even a walker this is an alive person and clementine is able to pull the trigger and kill this guy who's trying to kill you so this isn't in their choice system that a lot of the major choices are Mm -hmm. um this is more in in an action response sort of way so they have a quick time event where you're supposed to mash a button Mm -hmm. and i was mashing the x button i was doing it and then i realized like oh they're really prolonging the shot they're making me think about it and this is sort of a version of the thing i was not liking earlier almost the same the same approach where it's just like the only thing i have to do is mash but I think it works this time because I did, I kind of caught up with it and I, I was like, I'm going to stop mashing. I'm just going to stop pressing the button. I don't think I should do this. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he turns around and starts choking me and I was like, I should have killed you. I was wrong. And then, <laughs> I was wrong. I was and so wrong. And then Clementine shoots him in the face. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and that's She's... the gun that you pick up later, by the way, yeah. um, that <laughs> I alluded Came to early, like five hours ago. I, I'm so glad you set that up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh so so there you go. That's that's I think the meat of the episode. There's only one sort of I mean fairly important section yet left, but that's that's basically the season arc right there. Everything you've done has mattered and it's collected itself into one very angry guy mm-hmm. uh who tried to in his mind liberate Clementine from Lee because he hates Lee. Mm-hmm. But really, he's just he, like, I think he let slip at one point, Clementine, or Lee says, what are you going to do with her? And he's basically like, I might shoot her, you know, like just try, trying to get her <laughs> out of the situation. And it's like, okay, well, dude, you, okay, hear yourself before you talk. <laughs> yeah, think it maybe through. save that. Yeah. Diction is so important. <laughs> <laughs> he ha- he also tell has me his, that. <laughs> he has his wife's head in the bag. Right. <laughs> 
such a big point. He's got this bag that uh, the whole time you're sort of arguing with him about everything. You can't see it. He's just got this bag. Mm-hmm. Um, and my first instinct was, it was uh, oh, he's got a head in the bag. Mm-hmm. And then my second instinct was, okay, I've been watching like too many dumb movies. There's no way he has a head in the bag. It's got to be something else. <laughs> and then I, then they do show you what's in the bag later. He's got a head in the bag. It's I a head. Right. And it's I not shouldn't just have psyched myself it, out about it. It's his wife's head. He, yeah. he was talking to it. That That's crazy. This crazy man. He was talking to Tess, his Walker head wife. Uh, by the way, they've cut <laughs> Walker's heads off before. Mm-hmm. And like it, it kills them. But in this situation, the head is still like... Rah, 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 rah. I have to imagine that separating the head from the body kills the body, but not the head. Because you you just need to d- kill the brain. Well, right. It definitely kills the body. But like... Yeah. I mean, I get what you're saying. But the brain without any kind of connection to the body will die on its own. It, like, there's nothing that that can be done to, like, supply blood to the brain right in, yeah. in order for it to work mm-hmm. so i don't know that's but that was a little, it, but I, it's worth it. it it's worth the then this is a niggling nerd thing that i think i can look past as opposed to the door rope which I, i'm mad about <laughs> um yeah yeah i mean walkers also don't really exist so maybe they work sure. on different rules yeah maybe it's magic i bet in yeah i've said this before I'm pretty sure it's a wizard's fault. <laughs> That's true. Maybe in season four you meet the wizard responsible for all this. Yeah. Uh, uh, the Zoltar, the wizard. Yeah, Zoltar. Or or Zomtar. And that's why they call it zombies. Zomt- They're named after him. <laughs> he specializes in necromancy, yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> you you, <laughs> you and, and all your, your new friends confront Zomtar and... He's like, oh, did you see my army of flicky flackers? And then he's like, oh, we've been calling them walkers. And he's like, that's dumb. You should just call them flicky flackers. Everything walks. (laughs) And then you're like, everything flicks, Zomtar. I guess you've got me. (laughs) And flax. We've all been doing it. (laughs) It cuts to them flick flacking. (laughs) Uh, That's a family guy joke, probably. Uh... (laughs) So you're about to leave the the room because you don't want to be here with this weird dead guy and his wife's head in a bag. <laughs> this um, weird dead guy. <laughs> That's a good description. Go on. It just made me laugh. Um, and there's like a walker right outside the door. Damn it, I said walker. You got me five episodes, Telltale. <laughs> you got me five episodes and I didn't call a, wa- a zombie a walker until right now. Oh, uh, you fell for oh. it. Oh, Hey, what better time to do it? I mean, I guess I have three seasons, four seasons left of this game, so it's not like I actually made it to the end or anything. But it <laughs> felt like I, uh, an accomplishment. Yeah, uh, you, you tricked me right at the end. You had a good streak going. I'm nothing if not easily tricked. Um, <laughs> so there's a guy right there, and like he's face to face with Lee, and you get the feeling like, oh, Lee's dead. Um, but then he sort of like walks past Lee and tries to go for Clementine instead. He's like, excuse me. And then Lee just takes out a gun and kills him. And he realizes that that walker was not interested in Lee because Lee's got tons of, like, walker guts and everything from when he was ramboing through that crowd of walkers outside 
of the hotel. Now I'm just calling them walkers every time. Uh, uh, because he's got all the guts on and he smells like one of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he realizes like, oh, that's good, but it doesn't mean I need to do that to Clementine. Uh, and you yeah. very slowly and painstakingly rub some intestine on Clementine and she hates it. And I hate yeah. it. We yeah. all hate it. It's, it's the worst. You're, you're, you're rescuing her. It should be like, this is obviously a very dour story in general. You're never going to have a valent Luke Skywalker finds Leia and swings across a rope to save her moment in this sort of story. <laughs> but you expect like, oh, thank God, we can relax for a second. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you don't have that moment. There's no like cheer up at all. You, Clementine's clearly a little happier to have Lee than not to. But you just have to smear her with guts. And she looks so sad when you're done. Once This image sticks with me so... Like, ever since my first playthrough, just that image of once you're done, she's just looking up at you with the saddest face covered in walker guts. And I'm just like, this sucks. (laughs) Yeah, and and you can tell, like, she's not going to complain about it. At this point, she complained a little bit about cutting her hair, and that that was a bummer. Um, mm. but the arguments that Chuck laid out, like, hey, man, you can't have such grabbable hair. It's, it's just a real actual hazard. Like, okay, that, that makes sense. It, that, I see why we have to cut your hair. With mm. this, it still, it still makes sense. It's a good plan. Um, but you see her and she's, like, n- complaining less than the haircutting things. Like, oh. She gets it at You're this such point. a trooper and I hate that you have to be that. Exactly. I'm remembering uh, to our hurts. conversation about episode one of this game, and I was mm-hmm. saying, like, I don't really care about Clementine yet. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I'm there. I care about Clementine. Clementine's it, it great. Me. Yeah. Yeah. Clementine is the core of why this game is good. It wasn't at first. It wasn't even for the first maybe three episodes until I got there, until that haircutting scene on the train, and then, like, okay, the, 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 this is the midpoint of the game, and it 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 worked. It happened. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm now very much feeling for Clementine. You're on Team Clementine. Yeah, I I, I wanted to say, like, oh, it's it, it's so personal to me. It's like, well, I'm no, no, it's not. I'm not a dad. I don't. <laughs> it's just a good, it's just good writing. It, it has a, it does a good job of getting people who would not relate to this at all um, in there. And it, it feels effective. It feels like you're feeling something real. Um, and it's not just torture porn either, because it could just be sad. Like you can make something really, really sad, and you can walk away like, "Well, it it did it. I'm clearly very sad." Um, mm-hmm. But in order to do something like this, you need to measure it with like, "I'm sad because there's something that I'm feeling very positively about being wrecked here." Yeah, exactly. Um, and I, I think that's harder to do, and it, it's it's definitely an aspect of why this game has touched so many people that I was sort of blind to. I didn't know like why exactly this game is loved so much. I get it. I get it. I'm there. I'm on board. Yeah. And not just Clementine, but I think various characters throughout this series, you really get, uh, you start to like, you know, a lot of them are assholes, but like, I, I hated when Carly got shot in her dumb face. Uh, yeah. I was like, shit, that's not cool. I liked Carly. Yeah. 
even Kenny, even when you even when you lose Kenny, I'm like Kenny and I didn't always see eye to eye, but he's been kind of my bro for a good part of this. Uh, and you know, obviously, there's some characters that you don't really care about dying. Uh, Doug, Mark, uh, the list goes on and on. Uh, but I feel like there's enough there where I'm like, I don't really want any of these characters to die at all. Yeah, there's there's something additionally with with this station wagon guy and Kenny that I think is interesting because in a lot of ways, I mean, the the, the main function of station wagon guy is that he's he's your choices. He is mm-hmm. your choices. But also, I think he's a foil to Kenny in a lot of ways. Um, they both lose their family in very, like, snap decision, trivial things that shouldn't have happened. That, mm-hmm. in some way, can be traced back to Lee's group. Um, and what Kenny goes through is a form of self-actualization, fueled by, I think, his own optimism. Uh, mm-hmm. And, and he learns to forgive. He like the more he finds out about Lee's actions that are bad, he's like, "Well, I'm starting to really genuinely forgive you, Lee, and you're becoming one of my best friends." And the station wagon guy is like the opposite. It's the mirror of that. All the things Lee does shouldn't impact station wagon guy at all. It's especially from our perspective where Lee does not assist in raiding the station wagon. Yeah. Um, like, hey, my decisions are not, not your problem, but he gets so fixated on them uh, that his mind warps around it, also caused by the death of his family. Like, they're, they're, they're two men. One man is good and one man is at his heart not good. And he, he's evil and vindictive. And the same trigger triggers vastly different changes of character for these two people in, in mm-hmm. weird ways. Uh, I think that's very clever. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I, I it never once occurred to me to to think that he could be foiled to Kenny, but uh, yeah, I totally agree, one hundred percent. It's 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 great. I I think he's maybe that comparison really only strikes me because of a particular thing. Um, no, I mean I get that it. we've done I to- I in totally, our playthroughs. I totally get it. Compare like other people's playthroughs. I don't know. Uh, maybe maybe they're mm-hmm. different. Um, maybe the like, like if you if you keep getting angrier and angrier at Kenny every chance you get, and maybe he doesn't feel like he's doing something cool at the end. He feels like, well, I guess it's my turn to fix this too. Um, <laughs> and it, yeah, it would look different. But in the in the way the game was presented to me this playthrough, um, I think there's something very interesting going on in the contrast between station wagon guy and kenny um, yeah i mean I station mean, wagon guy is defined by driving a car kenny <laughs> has driven a lot of different things but doesn't have any of them anymore yeah <laughs> i mean that's what it all comes down to at the end of the day <laughs> yeah um they're they're similar in their differences yeah kenny doesn't keep his wife's head in a bag station wagon guy is the exact opposite he does exactly the opposite of that (laughs) yeah (laughs) oh man that's the genius of good writing i guess yeah (laughs) (laughs) um so yeah let's finish it off yeah so 
uh, Lee and Clementine, they both get all stunk up with their goops. And um, they walk through the crowd of walkers. And it's working pretty well. Uh, you you get like some head turns, but they're kind of confused. You you don't get the sense that you're actually being to, going to be caught by any of these. They're just yeah. The walkers dumb. are the walkers are like check out the new guy. There's also something that happens to walkers' eyes, and uh, happens quite a bit. Like visually, you can see it happen to Lee later on. Mm-hmm. Um, their eyes are like. It looks like they're full, like they're completely white mm-hmm. a lot of the time. Like they have the iris and the pupil, but like they're they're bleached out. Yeah. Um, I bet they their sight is really bad. That said, oh, they, totally. they always retain hearing. They can hear everything, and that's why it's a problem to make noise. And, and they smell. can smell. Yeah. That's why it's bad to smell. So if you're just like walking at the normal speed, smelling like shit... You really are probably fine. They can't visually see that you look different. Yeah. Um, but for that same reason, you'd think, like, do you think walkers ever go for each other? Ever? Like, even <laughs> just because they're confused? They don't seem to do it. I'm going to say no. And the reason why is I think the smell of what's inside. So, Because when the walker doesn't attack Lee inside, I don't think it's because he's covered in walker guts. I think it's because he's already been bit and that's already inside him. Oh. No, so, I think it's the walker guts, though, actually. Because they, <laughs> they comment on that. And he says right after, it's because I have walker guts on me and it works for Clementine. Yeah. That is true. It, that would have been cool, though. I'm yeah. not trying to poop on it, Dustin. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, because I was going to say, you know, uh, that could be the reason. But then, you know, it just also happens to work out that way. But that's dumb. Uh, it, it does. It makes more sense for him to realize that's why. And that's why he covers Clem in the guts and goop. So, so never mind the crowd, okay. though. Yeah. Uh, and then Clementine, he something that Lee says Clementine should not do is look around. Yeah. Um, so but guess what she does? Yeah, guess what she fucking does, idiot. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Remember when I said she wasn't listening in the last episode? Yeah. Yeah. Guess she uh, regrets that now. She looks to her right and she sees her parents. She finally found finds them. They're exactly where she thought they were going to be at the at the Marsh Hotel, but they are walkers they're fully transformed and she can't get over it she's like frozen with analysis seeing yeah. her parents uh and lee's about to butt in and says like hey don't look that's that bad, bad to look um but whatever dialogue option you choose he just faints yeah he passes out in the middle of the road yeah and then uh i thought for sure like oh that he's done uh because not only is he, you know, um, on his way to becoming a walker, he is in the middle of a bunch of zombies and he just fainted and, like, made a big thud. I bet. Yeah. Well, I bet walkers are doing that all the time, actually. So maybe that blended in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they're always falling over. Yeah. They're, like, not even using all of their leg um, <laughs> to stand up. I could see it. Um, That's what separates us from them. So Clementine apparently drags Lee to it looks like a like a 
police station or something? I, I, I can't tell what this is. I think so. Maybe an art gallery? I know those two ideas yeah. are very different, and it's weird that I can't decide which of those two they are. <laughs> it's the art gallery from CSI. Oh, I bet it is. I bet it definitely <laughs> is. Um, no, it 100% is not. But Yeah. <laughs> Okay, you're right. But we should, that, that I shouldn't does sound just say right because bullshit they have this. because this is an audio only medium, and they might not have listened. They, the yeah, listeners I, might not have. I know the game. you're. I know you're joking. But, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I guess it is because there's like the the statue on the pedestal, and there's like uh, cases mm-hmm. throughout. Um. So Clementine wakes you up, and Lee just looks so shitty. <laughs> Yeah, he's like, I don't even want to be around anymore. Uh, his eyes are like jaundiced. Yellow. Yeah. yeah. Uh, his his skin is. It it went from being like sort of a a, a deep brown to uh, way more gray. Like he looks like a walker already. He's there. Um, yeah, they do a really good job of selling it. I was thinking about it this time. I was like, he looks awful. They're really selling that he is a near death man. Yeah, he doesn't have any like loss of skin or anything yet, but uh, he he's clearly doing terribly. Yeah, um, and Clement, you, you get the the idea that he would never have even woken up again if not for Clementine sort of shaking him into really trying for another couple minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, but he has to come clean and he has to tell Clementine like, "Hey, I was bitten. That's why I don't have my arm anymore." <laughs> Oops. Yeah, and. Uh, there's there's the scene where there's a security guard stuck to his chair in the office mm-hmm. and you can see into it and clementine's like i can't do this alone and lee's like yeah you can i have to just sit here what you need to do is you need to get a baseball bat and break into the office and then you're sort of directing her like a point and click adventure sort of more like sam and max actually where you're sort of just tell you're not playing as sam you're playing as the player telling sam what to do mm-hmm. um and you're you're seeing Clementine from the eye eye line perspective of Lee sitting on the ground. You're just sort of weakly saying, "Go over there, get the bat, and then you can break into the door." Get the get the thing and do the thing. Uh, and it's it's really sad to watch her like realize in real time you're nine years old. They made a point of reaffirming that earlier in the episode. She's nine years old. Mm-hmm. Um, she had a birthday six days ago, and no yeah. one even knew. No one had uh, any idea. And, I don't like uh, to make a big deal of it. <laughs> I just, I don't know. I got a haircut. I thought that was fine. <laughs> Good birthday gift. <laughs> when was six days ago? Was six days ago, like, between episodes two and three? I want to say yeah, because it sounds like this has only been within the last couple days that these last few episodes happened. Okay. Um... So as early as Duck doing the Batman and Robin thing, uh, yeah. trying to solve the crime, we had already passed Clementine's birthday. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's a bummer. Uh, so you're leading Clementine through doing all these things. And like in this moment, you're making sure that she can like, you're getting the sense that all these little things are massive lessons to her and they're going to stick with her forever. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, Always go for the gun first, so then you're protected when something goes wrong. Uh, look at for, around your surroundings for tools. Uh, 
be resourceful. Try to get in through places that aren't necessarily the front door. Uh, all these little things. And then you have... You have Clementine cuff you to a radiator. Is that what you did? What did you do? I had her cuff the walker. Walker's already trapped. Um... Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, so he does get out later, but it, it, he seemed like he was already trapped to me. So the yeah. first thing that you you can go for the keys or the gun or the cuffs on the ground, mm. and I said first things first, cuff me to this thing because I'm going to be gross pretty soon. Because <laughs> uh, I I don't know if they're saving the turn for the end or whatever. I I feel like I should be cuffed right now, like right away. I, I'm it's positive so, that I'm through. I, I don't have a cho- I don't have a chance anymore. It's so interesting to think about because I remember from my very first playthrough, I was like, yeah, I'm going to cuff the walker so he can't grab at me while mm. I'm getting his gun. Uh, but this time, I, I don't know if it does it in the other versions, but I never noticed it until now. They specifically have the camera point to your arm in the radiator. After to, you pick up the cuffs? Yeah, after you pick up the cuffs to yeah. let you know, you can do this. But not once do I ever think I should do that. I just think, cuff him, cuff the walker to the chair, because if I don't, I I can't get his keys and guns because he'll grab at me. So, for me, the walker got out of the chair, and there was like a struggle on the ground where Clementine was trying to kick him away. And mm-hmm. all you can do is Lee is like sort of nudge the baseball bat closer to Clementine, but... Yeah. She gets it, and she beats the hell out of this guy. Um, <laughs> she she bats his head in like five times. Yeah. Definitely doing the job. And I think selling to the player is like, she everything's do- sad right now, but she's actually more capable than she's been letting on. She can do things like this, so she can mm-hmm. do a lot. Yeah, it's great. And this is what happens to me, too. If you If you cuff the walker to the chair, his hand just breaks off it's mm-hmm. like his hand rips off his off his arm and he's like ah now i'm free um so at the very end clementine has a gun and you have a choice of telling clementine what she should do she'll do anything you want her to do she loves you um but you make the choice of do you tell clementine to shoot you in the head therefore making sure you don't ever become a walker or just leave him here either way it's it's goodbye but which one did you pick so it's it is an impactful choice but i also Uh think it's kind of one of those choices where like of course you pick clementine has to shoot lee yeah here's the thing mitch i agree with you i'm here on this who doesn't (laughs) Adam? How did Adam feel about it? He stood by it. And here's the thing. I I don't want to ever say like, oh, you made the wrong choice. You played the game wrong. No, I don't. Yeah, I don't think here. But here I'm like, I think you played this part wrong. I was like, I can't believe you did not shoot Lee. And I'm looking at the player percentages for this choice. Mm -hmm. And there's, there's two choices here that have massive majorities in one direction yeah um so the first one was the one we just talked about killing the station wagon guy turns out most people killed him 90 percent of people killed him according to my numbers 
Oh, what's mine? Hold and on, I, I'm in the 10% that didn't. Mitch, this is crazy. Uh-huh. For for my version of the game, it says you and 65% of players did not kill the stranger. Okay. Look, Telltale, they're so different. I, I, I understand <laughs> different versions of the game, like having different-ish numbers, like where, where the exactness isn't there. You gotta unify these numbers, man. They're, they're crazy different. <laughs> the only one on mine that was like had a huge majority was uh, it says you and nineteen percent of players surrendered your weapons. Um, you and thirty percent of players surrendered your weapons. Okay, so those are at least both the minority. Yeah, we're both in the minority there. We. Yeah. I think you know what Dustin. What I've learned about us two people throughout the 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 doing of this show, we're both such goody two shoes. I know, right? Yeah, I, we're, we're gonna surrender our weapons because he told us to, and we're like, yeah. yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I. <laughs> <laughs> you make it sound so lame. It's like, yeah, oh, sure. I, I just he kidnaps wanna... Clementine, and then he's like, "Hey, you want to do a dance for me?" And I'm like, "Yeah, sure." It's... <laughs> Whatever you want. No skin if off my back. You want coffee or anything? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're such pathetic you, losers. <laughs> we're just, <laughs> just rolling over. Well, I didn't want to make things worse. I was like, "All right, <laughs> fine. I'll I'll play your little game." Okay. So, Adam, but it works Adam out. Felt good it about works it? out. I guess I. Well, I don't know, like one hundred percent exactly how he felt because I did not hesitate to tell him I can't believe you did that. So I mm-hmm. wonder if me being more antagonistic towards him made him be like, "What." I just did it. And I'm going to be honest, Mitch. I think the ending is worse if you don't shoot him as well. Well, I, yeah, Clement- I mean, you kind of get that idea of like, well, you can it's, stop it's- yourself from living, but or, or like you can't stop yourself from dying. Mm-hmm. But you it's it's the one thing you have agency over. If anything, it this game has been about it's like Lee can make a choice for himself where other people can't. That's the yeah. mechanic of the game. That's the story of the game. So I want to make him make this choice for himself one last time. And mm-hmm. he made the cho- the choice of telling Clementine, oh, you should kill me. Um, because yeah. I'll be back if you don't. And I don't want to do yeah. that. Yeah. Well, not just that. I totally agree with that. But also, if you don't shoot him, that ending where she's like leaving him and saying goodbye, it drags on way longer. Oh, really? <laughs> and Yeah, like, she just doesn't want to leave, so she's just, like, slowly leaving, and it keeps cutting back and forth between her and Lee, and I'm just like, leave. Just, this was done in half this time, if you shoot him. Does Lee turn into a zombie? No, you leave before it happens. Oh, that's you, the reason to stay. That's the reason yeah, you do it. You want to okay. see it happen. <laughs> if, yeah. if you make that choice, that's what you want to see. But no, you don't even get that. You just get a prolonged goodbye and like i already don't agree with that choice to make but on top of that it's just not done as well Mm -hmm. well um this is by far the most extreme player percentage i've ever seen in this game (laughs) you and 95 percent of players made sure lee didn't turn yeah that's crazy mine isn't even that crazy like it's still the majority but mine is you and 60 percent of players made sure oh that's a weak majority yeah 95 right like 
95 seems more believable to me because it just seems like the right thing to do in this case. So that was that was really impactful. Um, but mm-hmm. uh, I assume Clementine's going to go meet up with Omid and Krista. I don't know that because I'm now dead. Um, <laughs> I hope Omid and Krista are fine. Uh, I saw... Kenny die, saw Ben die, saw Lily be left for dead, I saw Carly die, I saw Larry die, I saw Mark die, I saw Doug die, I saw the St. John brothers die, I saw the St. John mother die. I Did you saw... say Duck? Nope, Duck and Katya both died. Yeah. I saw Chuck dead. Um, you didn't see him die, but you did see him dead. Uh, yeah, and I, I, we saw that girl that we already made fun of in this episode, whose name I can't even remember right now. Bree. Bree died. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, it, it's been a lot of death and a lot of uh, dark, dark times on the road mm-hmm. here, but we're here. That's credits when uh, credits for us who chose to have Clementine kill Lee. That moment, right as she pulls the trigger, is credits on The Walking Dead Season 1. Well, there is a post credits, but that is the credits for me. So, you had credits. Yeah. Oh, you didn't have credits? Oh, just pooped you out in 400 days? Are you kidding? So, Mitch, this is the big problem I have with this episode. Remember how I was alluding to there's something in this version of the game that almost ruins the ending for you gotta get over to my version of the game justin yours sounds trash well well hold on hold on there buckaroo okay Okay. i don't necessarily think your version is the cream of the crop here either i'm fine um so you did get credits for this yeah did it play a song or was it just the generic credits music played a song i played a new new song was it take us back yeah you got take us back in your version yeah my version sucks ass. Fuck Yeah, this. okay, so mine is the cream of the crop. Take it back. I take it back, Mitch. <laughs> Why did you think I'm I didn't s- have that? Why is Because mine didn't, and I read that that one didn't have it either. I guess it was wrong. Nah, I'm good. I got it. That's <laughs> awesome. Mitch, that single-handedly made me say, I'm going to get that version now. <laughs> it, yeah, you can turn off graphic black. All, like You can turn it back yeah. on again if you want and see how yeah. it's different. It's a like, good version. Even besides that, I thought, well, you know, I already have this version. I don't need to buy it again. Because I also read up that it did not have Take Us Back in the credits. Uh, My version does not have it, and I think it almost ruined the ending for me. Also, I'm I'm pretty sure my version is the only collected version that has actually every episode, including season four. Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. So... Yeah, Mitch, that's I can't, good. I can't tell you how relieved I am that you got Take Us Back, because in my version of the game, after she pulls the trigger, it just goes straight to that post credit scene. Okay, yeah, I mean... It, it doesn't ruin it. it you still yeah. get, like, the scenes that happen. But as someone who played through this game multiple times with that version... I could not believe that Adam and Andrew got the version without it. I was like, I'm, I feel so like, obviously it didn't bother them. They didn't even know they was supposed to have this song, but in the whole time I was there, I was like devastated is too strong a word, but I was also like, I can't believe you did this. Yeah. So when I bought it, I I caught it not on a sale. Um, Mm -hmm. It's very often on sale on Steam and Xbox and whatever, wherever it's on. I'm pretty sure it's on everything. It's not on, not on Switch. 
Um, yeah. I, I don't know what the fuck they did to this version, because mine doesn't have previously or next time on Walking Dead segments. Yeah, yours is trash. Yeah, it goes right into the next episode, and I don't even get Take Us Back. Season 2 has some songs, too, and not to get into that, but they, apparently in my version, they just cut all of them. They, my... they just couldn't license any of those songs. Yeah, my version might have worse load times, but it might also just be that I'm playing it on an Xbox One rather than I, I would 100% X. I would guarantee that's it. I'm next time that game goes on sale, I'm getting that. You, I'm boy, I am so happy that you got this version. I, I'm making a bigger deal of, of it than it is, but as someone who you know played through this game multiple times with this credit song, take us back right after Clementine shoots Lee and then it has a post credit scene. Mm-hmm. That's the way it should be to me. It feels way less impactful to not have credits at all, not yeah. have this song, then immediately go into this next scene like no time has passed. So let's actually talk about that song if we're going to bring it up. It's a good song. Okay. Um, yeah, I love it. Yeah, it, it it sort of vaguely talks about a father-daughter relationship um, mm-hmm. in situations that are just impossible to bear. Um, it, it's not easy to just explain the 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 yeah. theme of the song. It's a good song though. You should look it up. It's called "Take Us Back." Do you know who it's by? Alela Diane. I don't know if that's how you pronounce her first name. A L E L A. Okay, I don't I don't that know that right. musician at all, but uh, it's good. It's a good song. Yeah. Um. Yeah, but by the way, the collection. So I got it for fifty dollars. Um, mm-hmm. which you know that's triple a video game money that's not cheap at all and that's four seasons that's pretty good for four seasons that cost like twenty dollars individually right it's all four seasons plus 400 days yeah 400 days the plus the the michonne thing yeah it's It's about 23 units yeah and like you paid fifty dollars for it but i've seen it on ebay like new copies of it for like 25 dollars so it's it's not a big commitment if if anyone listening wants to, if for some reason you listen to this without playing the game, first of all, shame on you. I'm sorry we uh, spoiled the whole thing. No, don't. But, our listeners are fine. Do what you want to do. <laughs> yeah. Um, but if yeah, you want but. to get it, if you want to get it, it's not that expensive on eBay. Yeah, I, I can't overstate how uh, impressed I am with the team that we've seen make stuff like CSI and Jurassic Park turn this out. Um, yeah it's it's just it it really is a classic in video games that now that i've i've heard that forever i've heard that the walking dead changed the way we think about narrative video games for like the last decade um Mm -hmm. but i i just didn't give it a chance until now and now i agree with it like now i i totally see i retroactively see all the other games it's impacted Mm -hmm. um this this is a game that matters it's it's a it's a classic it is really good it's definitely taken place uh taking the place of the devil's playhouse is my favorite telltale game see Uh, i i i I don't know if i can say it's my favorite i think it's the best but okay yeah that's that's very true too because i think the devil's playhouse still does do some other stuff that i'm wishing this game pulled out like Hey man, just try a new art style all of a sudden and and see how that affects things. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, this one technically does. No other Telltale game before this looks like this. Well, I'm not, I meant like from episode to episode. 
Um, oh, because that's something okay, okay. Devil's Playhouse tries all the time. Like just the mm-hmm. the the medium in which you're looking through the screen goes from film grain to sepia to black and white to um like you can see outlines like it it just it changes all over the place and in, mm-hmm. in this one it's it's the it's the art style that the comic is which makes sense but you you, you want some other stuff and there, there's some other like character based stuff that i i really liked in devil's playhouse that uh is not here in the walking dead mm-hmm. um like i don't think the walking i don't think sam and max even come close to touching what they've done here with Lee and Clementine. But also, I think Sam and Max might have potentially been able to do more with Carly or something like that. Uh-huh. Um so so yeah, I she mean She probably it, she probably would have been funnier. <laughs> she probably would have been like a duck. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> that is doing do- something different with her. Yeah, she's basically Quaxley in <laughs> Sam and Max. <laughs> <laughs> wow this alternate universe yeah like i think at the end of the day i do think this is telltale's best season one of the walking mm-hmm. dead i would say is telltale's best game but i think i would maybe only put it as like my third favorite because i do just prefer stories and worlds like sam and max and monkey island yeah so even if those don't come close to what this game pull off I would. I just prefer those because it just falls more in line with my tastes. Although I that being said, I originally wasn't even going to play this thought. game. I. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. A long thought. That's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> I had a long thought, and then I wasn't awesome. going to say anything about it. But because you asked, um, <laughs> I've had the thought for the longest time. Like, why can't games that look and feel like Sam and Max? ever do stories like this mm-hmm. uh and i i don't mean like post-apocalyptic necessarily because i would understand like if you want me to feel sad give me a thing that's sad to look at i get that yeah. but like e- even not in the direction of sadness there are great stories out there that are written with very complex emotions and characters and and ideas uh and you you never see like a, a banjo kazooie looking character or a mario looking character or a sam and max looking character do this and i just wonder why like why can't you because I, I think i'd that if someone nails it if someone threads the needle needle that might be my favorite game of all time and i think it is actually part of why my actual favorite game of all time is outer wilds mm. um, because it sort of is that a little bit okay um, but like i i don't do you know what i mean like like why why can't you have something that looks in like this mascot cartoony sort of way that people really do like the look of and then and then do a story that's real instead of like okay well the main character is a duck so we have to have you rescue a princess from a castle and that's just like the the whole through line and you don't need to think about it very hard like why why do you have to default to the bottom as soon as you have your characters looking a certain way um i don't know i don't i don't necessarily think you 100 percent have to i mean i guess we talked about uh sam and max season three of the devil's playhouse where uh it, it is still silly it is still this world with these animal characters but it does kind of feel like it's evolving into 
Yeah. Not exactly this, but it is hitting some, like, like you talked about Sam's whole thing with feeling like Max doesn't need him anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's hitting some sort of, like, internal feelings that these wacky cartoon animals have. Yeah, but it's, I mean, you're right. Uh, Sam and Max the Devil's Playhouse is certainly doing more, like, narrative work than a Mario game or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is, it's still not here. Like the, the emotion of Sam feeling sad that Max doesn't need him anymore. Do you, do you think it's kind of like a childish thing? It's like, that's like a child's show moral of the week. Do you think it just is too hard to take seriously? I like, think if that's you do, what if you do a, think. If you do a scene like Lee and Clementine here, but it's with like Mario. Mm hmm. I don't think you would. I would have the same sort of. Maybe I would. I would. I would have to see it. But it strikes me as something that would be extremely hard to pull off. Well, yeah, and I, I think that the fact that Outer Wilds exists and sort of does that, um, mm. I, I think, is already impressive. And on top of everything else that game does, um, and also, like, I think you could rope in Hollow Knight and say that Hollow Knight does that pretty well. Mm-hmm. Um, even though Hollow Knight is it like it's still sort of, uh, treading in the darkness of storytelling, and that's sort of why it gets away with it, even though the character designs are very cartoony. Um, what about Undertale? Undertale feels different to me. Anytime okay. you you like go to pixel art, um, th- there's so much room for interpretation of what that pixel art is trying to represent that, that in your head true. it could either be the cartoony thing it's like technically trying to emulate or mm-hmm. you could just say i'm just going to imagine the full character like uh, i don't these I don't are know. real skeletons they yeah. just look like this for the game yeah i can l- see that like, like when the characters are are made of boxes you have to extrapolate okay what are what am i actually looking at and either mm-hmm. way you do that um you you can make it sort of go whatever direction your brain's eye wants to go and i don't even really know what i think of when i look at a lot of pixel art i just know it's mm-hmm. not exactly the thing i'm looking at yeah um but that's a, that's a good point I, I i don't think that's completely off the table but then even even like the narrative through line of, of undertale is like it's about love and how much we we love each other and and, and not a complex not that complex of a way i don't want to shit on the story of undertale i think the story of undertale is really really good but i also mm-hmm. don't think that the the um motifs they're going for are something that you wouldn't find on nickelodeon yeah um it does way a way better job with them than something like nickelodeon has ever done ever or yeah. disney has ever done ever i think its story is amazing but it it does it, it like it, it is still using that subject matter that is very low-hanging mm-hmm. yeah um yeah i i really just think it's just a really difficult balancing act mm-hmm. and most of the time i guess it's just not worth trying because i feel like if you have this world of cartoony animals or just characters in general and you go for a story like this that's more serious it's there's just that tonal whiplash it could be done well but i think it's incredibly hard and i think of things like um this is a game series i've never played 
but yeah. it's what comes to mind. Um, the Legend of Spyro games are a series of, and obviously this is not like a good comparison, and I'm talking out of my ass because I never played them before. But they, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but they're Spyro games that like attempted to be a more serious story is what I've gathered from them. And well, I mean, it's it, it, sort of. Yeah. Yeah, it's a more serious story in the way that like Zelda is more serious than Mario. But Zelda yeah. games are still not they're still kid stories. They're still mm-hmm. not like actual literature. Like anytime I talk about video game stories with people who are like very very into video game stories, I I kind of have to do this this uh judgment calculation that it feels like I'm judging them and that it's not cool. I never like to feel like I'm judging someone. But I, I am internally asking myself, like, mm, so do you have you read books? Like, do you know books? <laughs> books go crazy. <laughs> books go real hard compared to video books games. Books go nuts. Um, yeah, I mean, I've dedicated my life to video games. That's that is my career. That's what I do for a, a job. I've spent more hours on them than anything else mm-hmm. uh, through at least the last twenty years. Probably more than actually, definitely more than twenty years. Um. And I, I'm st- I'm still gonna say like generally, video game stories are are not nearly where where li- literature is uh, where books are. Mm-hmm. Uh, we haven't we haven't gotten there, and I don't know necessarily if we ever will because part of it is just okay, it's fine because the point of games as a medium is not necessarily just about story. Where literature, it often is just about story, right? Um. So it, it's not like a slam against the art form to say that our, our stories aren't that good. Sometimes it's just not what we're focused on. Like, I don't think Breath of the Wild is lacking a story. It just really doesn't have that much of one on purpose. Because mm-hmm. it is it is diverting attention on purpose to other more important things for it. Um, but then something co- like The Walking Dead comes along. And I think it really does do something that I find interesting on a, on a story level. Um, that I think the game is the game story is much more successful than the show's story, the mm-hmm. of The Walking Dead. I don't know the comic; I haven't read the comic. But um, what it's done here is just it, it's it's silly to call it delightful because it's so dour. But <laughs> like it, it's delightful, delightful that this game. can, exa- uh, can yeah. exist. I'm really happy that uh, mm-hmm. The Walking Dead can can do what it does. Uh, if only for this season, I like I've heard that the impactfulness of the narrative devices used goes down in the coming seasons. And I'm ready for that. I know that Vanaman and Rodkin leave to do their own thing. So like the, the creative forces driving this season aren't really there anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, but still. Solid yeah. effort. I'm excited to see where the rest of this goes. Yeah, I mean, I. I mean, I'll get into my feelings on the other seasons when we get to them. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I I love this game. It's uh, it's wonderful, and this is this really was my first time playing a game like this. You know, this normally isn't my cup of tea. I had to have a friend uh, tell me, "No, this is really good. You should play it." And then I did, and I had. I'm so glad I did. And I I hate to say it, I can't do that anymore. I don't have the time or money to just buy every game people say I should play, but I'm very glad I did this one time. Well, have you heard about Game Pass? <laughs> <laughs> Once or twice. Um, that takes care of the money, but it doesn't take care of the time. Sure, that's true. Uh, and like, I guess if you don't pay for it, 
your time is less of a commitment so maybe you might feel better jumping out early but you, yeah you still have mm-hmm. to spend some time on it um it's interesting that you say a game like this i don't know if there's that many of those at all like yeah i i guess just what i mean is a more uh Look, I am i don't make it any secret that my bread and butter are, like, cartoony, fun, stupid games. Like, games games that, compared to this, are like, you like that baby diarrhea? You... <laughs> uh, and I'm like, yeah. You, I Like, I've never even touched, uh, what's it called? Uh, the Last of Us, ever. Because I, I just have no interest in it. But, uh, yeah, I'm really glad that I did give this one a chance, because... Now it's one of it's just one of my favorite games. Yeah, it's it's uh it's really something. I think it's a special game. I'd recommend it to basically anyone. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Um I think we could talk about this season in general a lot longer okay. if we wanted to, but we have been going for three hours, Dustin. Yeah, so... this is <laughs> this is a very long episode. But I think if any episode was gonna be very long, I'm very glad it's this one yeah i'm happy that we're able to spend some time on it because it deserves yeah. it uh, and also it's not a long episode there's but it gives so much to talk about uh, i i wanted to bring up some uh we had some listeners who i actually told explicitly we'd be talking about their their feedback Ooh. in this episode we simply don't have the time it'll it'll we'll bring it up <laughs> in the 400 days episode which is next episode yeah we're not gonna have this much to say about that if you say so, I have no idea. But in any case, uh, let's get into our segments. Okay, I love segments. And let's let's try to wrap it up pretty fast. <laughs> uh, golden moment. Um, I mean, it's got to be the ending. I just, it it's just so impactful. But if I'm going with a less obvious choice, I think my golden moment is Clementine shooting the stranger in the head. Just. The fact that she was able to do it to protect you, I thought, was uh, also very strong. What about you, Mitch? Mine, I, I I was about to write the same thing. I even, I had ob the end. <laughs> and then I crossed the it end. out. Um, and I put my actual one, now that I thought about it a little bit longer, which is the conversation with Station Wagon Guy. Nice. That's uh, a good one, too. Just, just the the confrontation about your your entire existence up to this point. Um, I love that there's no music in that scene either. It's just yeah. these two people talking. Yeah, and like he's got a gun to you, but you get the point. Like he's not gonna pull it. He, the yeah. the gun's just so you keep talking, and you really he really just wants to have the conversation, and mm-hmm. uh, Lee just doesn't, and that that <laughs> produces a really interesting moment that challenges Agreed. the player's choices. Um, I think this could have gone bad because like, like what you were saying uh, about like you brought uh, Clementine to the dairy. If, if I got three of those in a row where it's like, you didn't nail me, man. I don't care about that. I don't think I feel bad about that at all. Uh, This could have been a real wet blanket. Yeah, but all three of your choices were ones that made you feel bad. No. Um, Oh, right. You said, like, the last one, you said, like, it's a little more complicated. Well, the the, the only one that really made me feel bad was leaving Lily. Lily on the side of the road. The other two, mm-hmm. it's like, well, you don't actually, you're saying this is bad and, like, it is in a vacuum, but I there's reasons I had to kill the St. John guy in front of Clementine yeah. that I feel attached to. I don't feel like, like, I've thought this through. It It's serious, but I did think it was fine. Mm-hmm. In fact, important to do. 
Uh, yeah. So if if I didn't get that one where like I really felt bad about it, or even that St. John one like had some legitimacy to it, I still think that's fine, even though I, I agree with myself in my own actions and I disagree with it being bad. Um, if I didn't get either of those two, I don't know. It might not have worked. Um, and I think that's well, it, it's bold that the game like allows the whole moment it's leading to just not work if it shouldn't work. It, it's yeah. trusting the player a lot. Mm-hmm. Agreed. It's very good. Uh, who's this your episode has guy? a lot of great scenes. Yeah, a lot I, of great I, scenes. I, I gotta give it to Lee this episode. You know what? I'm gonna say Lee brings it. I think Lee does really well, but I'm gonna give it to Clementine. Uh, nice. Yeah. I think I gave it to Clementine once before, um, but... No, you didn't, because you gave it to Lee in the first episode, because Clement... Oh, no, did you give it to Clementine in episode two? I think I gave it to her she in really... episode two, yeah. yeah. she really made you with that last choice. Yeah. All right. Yeah, yeah. that's... I also love Clementine in this episode. I just feel a little bad not giving it to Lee, because this is the last time you can probably get it. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> uh, choice cut. Um... So this was tough. You know what? I'm going to say choice cuts in general are hard for me because I played this so much that I'm just like locked into my choices. Mm-hmm. But um, what was yours for this? So I, I'm, I'm having the hardest time I had so far with this as well. But I, I think just those little micro decisions you see this is the thing with choice cut i think the the game wants you to be like these are the five things that we included that we you think you're really going to think about and not all the ways the case uh for me it's like those little reflections that you get to make on each of the points that station wagon guy makes Mm -hmm. um he he says like you left this woman on the side of the road and i had to say like that i wouldn't have done that now i remember what i got i didn't get lily uh I heard, wait, no. Did I? Maybe mm. I got exactly that, but I thought he was talking about the woman at the beginning. At the beginning? When you leave her to die from the walkers? Oh, of the last, of episode four? No, at the beginning of episode three, when you're getting the medicine and this girl's bitten by walkers, and you can either take her out or uh, leave four. her to die. No, that is episode, wait, what? It's at the beginning of episode three when you're oh, getting you're right. the medicine at the pharmacy. Okay, yeah, that's no, I didn't, I didn't think it was that one. <laughs> okay, I, I, I'd need to look back at exactly what he says because maybe you uh, left a defenseless woman on the side of the road to fend for herself. That's yeah, I did get that. That so is, I think you it's got to be Lily. That is Lily, but for some reason my brain read defenseless young woman, and I thought, mm-hmm. oh, obviously the one at the beginning. I didn't even think about Lily. Oh, okay, that makes more sense. So so my choice cut is just, like, your choice of response of, like, hey, here's something shitty you did. Explain yourself. And you mm-hmm. can say, like, it was more complicated than that, or I wouldn't have done that now, or all this other stuff. And uh, having to explain yourself back to the game, I think, was is definitely my... That's maybe the most that is the most successful aspect of choices in general across these five episodes to me i yeah, i think i'm gonna agree and say the same thing i i, I hate to just mooch off your answer and copy no, off your fine. homework but yeah. uh yeah i think 
I think when you get to this point, you know, like I said, I've just played this so much, I just know exactly what I'm going to do. Situations like that, you still think about it. Mm-hmm. Like, it's still what these things you're saying represents rather than like exactly the choice you're making i i think is very strong and i agree well we've taken nearly double the amount of time that it took to play the episode to talk about it um (laughs) which is not actually a weird thing but it is it is abnormal for this podcast Uh, it's abnormal since longer episodes we don't talk nearly as much about so i'm i'm glad I think it makes sense though, because if it's if an episode is longer, and and it's really not pulling its weight with the length, it's just like okay, well I know what this length is. It's an action scene. It's uh like I'm trying mm-hmm. to. It's the 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 Crawford Catholic School whole situation where like it took forever, but it was just the process of figuring out what to do that was important. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So well. Good, good episode. Good season. Good game, Dustin. Good game. Yeah, good game. Uh, we'll be back, as we said, next time uh, to talk about uh, The Walking Dead interlude between seasons one and two. 400 days. Uh, I believe originally included as uh, paid DLC for season yeah, one. Yeah, it, it was a bonus DLC episode after season one. Was it free? That No, I believe it was like $5, just like an additional, because I think when they sold episodes individually, they were like $5 each or around there. So it's just like the price of a normal, another episode. Mm -hmm. Were they $5? That sounds so low. I think because when you buy the season altogether, it's only like $20, $25. Yeah, but I, I think that's like a discount. I, I mean, maybe I think you're right. I, I hope they charged more considering that they went out of business. Maybe they didn't. (laughs) That's a problem with it. (laughs) Can can you imagine playing like one of these episodes for only $5? Like imagine paying $5 and you get this episode. I thought you were going to say, imagine just playing episode four and nothing else. It's like, well, that seems (laughs) weird. I don't know. That is how they sold um, Sam and Max season one though. You get episode four and nothing else. Even then, I think even episode four, even though I think it's the low point of the season, that's still pretty good for five dollars i think yeah i think it's pretty good dustin yeah Uh, yeah well i'm already getting anxious about having to edit this three hour plus episode so let's sign off uh for the listeners who i told we were gonna read your stuff i'm gonna message you in between this episode going live so you're not just hearing it now hope you didn't listen for three hours thinking that we were going to talk about your stuff we're definitely going to talk about it i'll even make the promise we're going to talk about it up front before we talk about 400 days next episode hell yeah Um, i'm so on board yeah there's like three people that we need to talk about their feedback with that's awesome because that's three more than we've ever talked about before yeah yeah we're really moving (laughs) on up we're like the jeffersons (laughs) in that way it's all downhill from here well until next time We'll see ya. Goodbye. Keep that hair short. Ha <laughs> ha.